Welcome back to the All Things Strength and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, as always, Robbie Burke. And before we get into today's show, I just want to give a shout out to all of the show's sponsors. Firstly, upmentorship.com, which is one of the top strength and conditioning resources available online today. The Ultimate Performance Online Mentorship is 20 hours of top-class strength and conditioning information available for instant access right at your fingertips. To find out more, head over to upmentorship.com, which is linked up in the show notes, check it out, and help support the show. Next, I want to give a shout out to Altus360 and Altus Education, which are two outstanding online resources for any practitioner in the sports preparation profession. Be sure to head over to the show notes and check out these unique platforms. Next, I want to give a shout out to Yosef Johnson at Ultimate Alley Concepts. Ultimate Alley Concepts is a multifaceted company providing the most sophisticated scientific material in sports science. Ultimate Alley Concepts is the world's leading resource for translated sports preparation material. Next, I want to give a shout out to Papi's National Sports Performance Association, which is an online certification platform for professionals within the sports preparation profession. Currently, the NSPA has four certifications available. Speed and Agility, delivered by Lee Taft. Olympic Weightlifting, delivered by Will Fleming. Nutrition, delivered by Dr. Chris Moore. And Program Design, delivered by Coach Robert Dos Remedios. For more information on the NSPA, be sure to check out all of the links in the show notes. Finally, I want to thank another brainchild of Pat Beef's, Athletes Acceleration, which is another online medium that delivers excellent educational resources for strength and conditioning professionals. And just like with all of our other sponsors, head over to the show notes to get the links to all of the available products that Athletes Acceleration has to offer. A full disclosure, except for Altus 360 and Altus Education, I am an affiliate to all of the show sponsors. Lastly, before we get into today's interview, I just want to let all the listeners know that the podcast is now on Patreon. If you feel that you are in a position to support the show, I would truly appreciate any donations you'd be willing to make to help support the podcast. Okay, that's enough rambling from me. Let's get into today's show. This episode's guest is Matt Maruka from Raw Optics and mattmaruka.com. To get Matt's full bio, you can head over to the show notes. On this episode, Matt and I discuss a lot of topics. Firstly, we get into Matt's background. I asked Matt about Jack Cruz's influences on him. We discuss how Jack puts his message out to the masses. We discuss the hierarchy of science. We dig more into Matt's background. We discuss beneficial versus detrimental habits. We discuss mitochondrial adaptations to resistance training. We talk about the importance of how you deliver your message. We talk about Matt's student exchange to Bosnia. We talk about how Matt first met Jack. This is a very good story. Matt shares with us his six essential steps to optimizing health. And finally, I asked Matt about his company, Raw Optics. And that's raw spelled R-A, like the sun goddess, not like raw food. Guys, this was a great conversation with Matt. And I hope you really, really enjoy it. All right. Maruka, we're recording and we're live. First of all, Matt, your fucking name is awesome. I love that name, Matt Maruka. What a cool name. Where, where is it from? Yeah, it's actually my Italian. Yeah. Italia. I, was thinking, yeah I was thinking that, all right. Yeah, you thought so? Yeah. yeah it's Italian full on. Because you're, you're, um, you're, you're from Philly originally, aren't you? 
Philadelphia, yes. But I am mostly Irish by descent, so it's cool that we get to talk. Me and my Irish brethren. Now, what I, I will s- met Irishmen in my life, though. What I will say is, but most Irish people listen to this, right? When an American says I'm Irish, most Irish people like roll their eyes and go, oh, "For fuck's sake, no, no, no." But I, I will say to the listeners, Matt definitely has Irish in him because he he looks like an Irish guy. He's he's fairly white, even though he's quite red right now. But uh, he definitely, definitely <laughs> yeah. and, and and he just showed me his he has an official Irish passport. He showed him to me just before we got recording. Yep. I've got the heart. I got a harp. <laughs> He's legit. He's legit. But as, as I told him, our fucking sun exposure here is shit, so you probably never come here. Now, in fairness, we do get great light cycles in the summer. Like, we get, like, 19-hour days of daylight um, in the summer. Like, 19 hours, like, at the height of it, 18, 19. So, like, in the height of summer, it doesn't get dark here until, like, 11 p.m., and it gets bright then at 4. So, we get great long days. But our winters, That's are, awesome. our winters are miserable in terms of light, like, you know what I mean? So we, we get it on the yeah. back Come here though, uh, give us the background. So I originally heard of you from Kevin Cottrell's podcast. Um, and then I listened to your recent podcast you know, with the Muslim Mentors, which was brilliant. And obviously, like myself, you know, you've been very influenced by Jack's work. So no doubt Jack will be mentioned a n- numerous times through our conversation here. But give us the background. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, maybe more specific. What do you, what do you want to know? I mean, well, so I suppose some people do two ways. They, they, they start from when they were born and, and give us to where they are now. And some people work backwards. So I don't know, whatever you want to go. I know you're in Bali right now. So maybe explain to people why you're there. And maybe, maybe you can just work yeah. backwards. Yeah, I'm mostly here because my friend who I run Raw Optics with um, basically just has a villa here like his family does. And he lives there. And so we had to finish a new website for an upcoming launch of a new website, new product line, new frame line, some new lens technology with Raw Optics, my glasses company, where we sell the blue light blocking glasses. And so he basically told me that he has a, a let's call it a masseuse, who works at the villa full-time on salary. So when I was in Mexico a few months ago, I was talking with him and he was like, yeah, I've been getting massages a lot. And I was like, dude, well, where are you getting so many massages? And he said, oh, we have a, a full-time masseuse on salary works at the spa. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe I should join you then. And that was pretty much why I came here. Plus, we get to work together in person, which is way easier than having like a 12-hour or 9-hour time difference. So that's a huge plus. And then I ended up staying here because it's so nice and there's strong sun, which is a huge plus. Great surf, and I love to surf. I've just started getting really into it like in the last year. And uh, yeah, it's like optimal and for me I've been looking for tribes so like one of the really important things about the stuff that I've learned in the last several um, years is the importance of having like a tribe let's say like that connection basically and I neglected it to some extent to the benefit of my company and my network by like traveling around the world after finishing high school two years ago Um, I'm 19 so I finished high school when I was 17 which is kind of normal in the States, like 17 or 18. And I didn't really have anywhere where it was like kind of a home base. Like I didn't want to go back to Philadelphia as you might not want to go back to Ireland or somewhere. I don't know, after going to all these other cool places and stuff and going on your own and knowing that that was the environment that made me unwell and sick and that don't like I had to leave to get healthy again. And, um, it just wasn't desirable to go back just more than a week and out to visit my family. So 
I was traveling all over. I was in Europe a bit. Shame I didn't go to Ireland yet, but I will shortly. I have family there still in Dublin, like great aunts and uncles or just, yeah, yeah, great aunts and uncles. Mm. So all of them, pretty much all of my grandmoms, brothers and sisters in Dublin. So she was the only one who moved to the States. So it's kind of cool. And uh, basically, I found a really good tribe here after like two years of being on the road. And so I'm starting to enjoy it and appreciate it. That's why I'm staying here. But to start with like my story and who I am for a listener who doesn't know uh, who I am, some people call me like Jack Cruz's godson. I think it's kind of funny, <laughs> but um, I guess that's sort of true in some ways because I have, you know, basically become like a mentee. He's become my mentor because I spent a lot of time learning his work like you have for a lot of years while trying to heal. And I really came to understand the message. I don't understand the science like Jack does. I don't pretend to. Maybe it seems like I do sometimes, but I really don't. Um, I just know the basics and a good amount of the basics, what I consider the basics. Most people would consider what I know really advanced, but it doesn't quite compare it to what Jack fully understands about all the biochemistry and all the biophysics, which is what I'm working on learning. Um, at the moment, I'm working on a book called The Light Diet, which is sort of something that people in Jack's community have been asking for for a long time mm. of someone. And that someone has been kind of like me at this point, uh, because everyone wants something that kind of makes these ideas more understandable and more personable and more like something that could potentially go into the mainstream, something, for example, that they can share with their their friends, family, colleagues, coworkers who don't understand this information in a way that they'll be able to take it and it'll actually be digestible. And so there's a few reasons why I think that I could do a good job at that. One being that I've read a lot of Jack's information and I understand it a lot, but I haven't gotten so deep that, that I am going to get too technical on the science like I am going to get technical on the science, but not as deep as Jack goes, for example, in his blogs, maybe like where he is in his podcasts, I can go into all that, but the blogs are a much deeper level with tons of scientific terms and stuff that most like 95% of people won't know what they, what they mean. So my goal is to kind of put this book, probably I'm going to call it the light diet because that's kind of my term for this, this movement. Um, at least the way that I share it with people now, because I had to come up with the term after all these years of learning about it and then telling the story to every single person I ever meet who asks, what do you do for a business or what do you do for a career? And then I end up explaining to them like, well, I sell blue light blocking glasses. They're like, how'd you get into that? That's so unique. And then I would, of course, the whole story. And so this, they say, and oftentimes, almost always like, so what is it that you actually do? Um, like how did you actually get healthy? Cause of course, anything related to health, people get like all interested all of a sudden. So I, uh, I got a lot of the knowledge, which I think is awesome, but more than anything, I think people resonate with the presentation of like someone who's younger, someone who's maybe more relatable to a lot of people. Um, someone who isn't like Jack being, you know, in his mid fifties and still carrying extra weight, he says, because of the damage he's done to himself for all of his years in neurosurgery, that 
if he wanted to lose that extra weight that he's carrying, like 30, 40, 40 pounds that people give him a hard time about, because they say if he's such an expert, he should be able to lose that weight. But that's based on the assumption that such a thing is actually um, possible or desirable. Like after being a neurosurgeon for 25 years, doing night shifts and call the whole time and basically destroying your body. That's like saying you could, I don't know, let's just say, for example, you could beat the absolute shit out of, out of like a, a car and bring it into the mechanic and restore it to like a hundred percent perfect condition. Maybe that's a great analogy. Cause I bet you probably could with a car, but with the human body, you actually can't like, if you create so much, damage, I mean, we're already aging no matter what. Hmm. Um, but if you create such an immense amount of damage over like an accelerated period by doing things like night shift work or being on cell devices all the time, wireless devices all the time, stuff like that, then you really, uh, there's only so much that can be undone. You know, even if you went to like the most optimal environment on the planet and lived in the sun all day long, you can still only reverse so much, you know, like you can't reverse eight. You can, you could slow aging and reverse it a little bit. Um, but really you're not reversing it. You're just really slowing down the process and maybe reversing it a little bit, but you can't really go back too, too far in your biologic time. Again, so so Jack's gone back probably substantially further. I mean, he's lost like over 130 pounds and kept that off for 15 years. Um, he has, you know, eliminated a lot of other chronic issues he dealt with, just being an unhealthy, obese guy, brain issues as well. So lots of improvement, definitely added years to the end of his life. So you could say he's reverse aging. But I guess the point I'm getting at is that um, – his argument, just for people to understand, is that he would have to basically start exercising and doing that kind of stuff, which is focusing on the mitochondria in the in the facade, in the muscles, and the exterior tissue. Which, again, if you're a young guy like me or you, that might be desirable to like get all that stuff really. Um, optimized for girls and all this stuff. But Jack's not really concerned about that. He's concerned about taking in as much energy from the environment as possible to optimize the function of his engines, his mitochondria and minimize the damage to them. And not just throughout the whole body. I mean, yes, throughout the whole body, but primarily in the brain and the heart, because that's what determines our longevity. So again, this might not make sense to people, but the point is that you basically in life, you only have a certain number of, or a certain amount of energy, let's say, you can really draw from as an organism. And if you're old and you've really destroyed yourself, you can get a lot back by doing the extreme stuff Jack does for his health. But certain things aren't necessarily, can't necessarily be undone. And again, there's going to be fitness people, exercise people, diet people who listen to this and say, oh, if Jack did this, if Jack did that, if Jack did it my way, he would definitely lose this weight. But um, based on my understanding of the mitochondrial research, it makes, and, and also of the, what they call the obesity paradox, where there's these like, you know, super centenarians who, who live to over a hundred years old, they actually have like body mass BMIs, like over 30, they're, they're basically almost obese or just overweight, but they're living a really long time. So it basically shows that being overweight isn't necessarily correlated or isn't necessarily the cause of decreased longevity, longevity, healthy longevity. It can be related and correlated if someone's overall unhealthy, but if someone's got themselves optimal, 
it's natural for our body on the exterior to sort of, let's say, start to fall apart after certain amount of damage and living. And in Jack's case, it's accelerated because of the things he's done, but he doesn't want to further accelerate the damage to his brain and the heart, which determine his longevity and ability to produce the information he does um, by focusing on the facade. And again, there's all these workout guys who will make fun of him, give him a hard time um, because of his, his facade, but they're, the thing they don't realize is their brains don't work well and his brain does. So they're probably going to knock off earlier in life or just basically continue to live uh, life with suboptimal brain function compared to what they could have um, if they maybe didn't put so much focus on their facade. I mean, again, and if someone's in an optimal environment getting lots of sun, you can do both. You can fuel both thoroughly well or if you're younger and you're healthy. But uh, that's that's, uh, basically – in spite of all these things, people, I think resonate with people resonate with the fact that I'm not, you know, like an overweight guy in in his fifties or again, yeah, like a, or a highly scientific technical kind of dude like that. Um, you know, I love Jack. He's a really great guy and he's like saved my life literally. And has taught me the majority of the stuff that's led me to have a business and all this stuff. But, you know, he also says, like, he wants to collect a tribe of people who go on and spread this message, which is very, very powerful and based on the most advanced science and understanding of biology. And that's kind of what I want to do. And the cool thing about it is anyone who, who is interested in this, who's, like, pulled by this, like you as well, um, and I just met, made some friends recently, like, through the health world who are into this stuff as well, uh, really getting interested in reading Jack's blogs and learning about quantum biology and reading all the books that are out there about this, these subjects like light, water, magnetism, all these things. Uh, anyone who gets into that at this time, I think is set to one, be healthy, but also two, to make a fortune in some way, because whether you're in uh, alternative health business or in like, I don't know, blue blocking glasses or something like this, there's such a gap between what the public is doing and knows now and what is known by, guys like Jack and the researchers work he's kind of putting together and sharing with the public in a way that only really he has done so far. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that gap is like huge opportunity for anyone who's interested in health and, and doing cool stuff. And if, if this message resonates with you, I'm just saying, this is like, there's a huge future of this. It'll be applied to every yoga studio, every, uh, alternative medicine clinic, every functional medicine clinic, every holistic medicine clinic, every um, weightlifting fitness gym, just like the paleo diet and keto is becoming an intermittent fasting is almost like co- the most common thing. It's like more than more often than not young dudes I meet around my age in their twenties who are interested in health and self-improvement fast. They do intermittent fasting because they just know it's a good thing and they feel good doing it. And I have a feeling I'm almost certain, especially once I put out the light diet, that this these things will start to pick up more and more traction and, and reach into the mainstream. Like Jack and I um, are probably going to be speaking together. Well, we are speaking together in an event in Germany and Poland this summer, starting in July, on July 3rd in Poland, which we have an event on Facebook. People can find on Dr. Cruz's page or my page. And then we have an event in Munich on the let's say the sixth or the seventh. And we're going to be talking about all these ideas. And I think they're really going to like 
start to accelerate. And then we're both going to be speaking at this event in London, possibly, um, as well, like on the 15th of September, which is going to be a huge organization of these big like names like Rob Wolf, Mark Sisson, big paleo guys, so maybe some big vegan people through organized by our friends. They're doing like the health optimization summit, they're calling it. So anyway, that's, that's kind of like what I do, I guess. That's just trying to share the message with a broader audience that can really like understand it and understand a bit about health. And again, I'm, I'm kind of assuming your listeners listen to Jack's episode. So if you haven't, you probably should. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people that uh, that listen to this podcast are aware of Jack's work. But it's uh, it's funny. I was kind of smiling to myself there, as you probably saw. You know, because uh, I, I don't know if you listened to my episode with Jack, but like one of the things that I was I asked, did, yeah. yeah, like one of the things I was asking Jack, aside from um, all the you know the the science that we spoke about, the biophysics, etc., was the one like complaint I consistently get back from people about Jack is the way he puts his message out there. They're always like, "Oh, he's arrogant and he's very condescending and he's very pessimistic." And uh, why am I con? Is it just making sure it's on? And um, hope it is. It'll still record. Um, yeah, but. Uh, uh, so basically the thing is that a lot of people take and this is another thing people take this like personal offense the way he puts out his message and it always reminds me of a book there's a book called The Four Agreements and one of the agreements is don't take anything personally so I always say to people first of all why do you take offense to the way someone puts a message out there and then like the other thing I say is like just take what you want from it like don't you know like like but it's it's to jack it is to jack's detriment a little bit because he does lose some people because of that because his information is great now what I will say is I had a friend listen to the recent podcast that Luke Story put out. And I think it's the fact that, like, you know, Jack says some great things. And, you know, he, he talks about mechanisms that, that could potentially be the reason why this and this happens. But then he says other things with such confidence. And, like, he really shouldn't. Like, you know, there is some things he says. Like, there was something, like, with Luke Story. Like, I, I sent that podcast to a friend. And my friend, he's, he's a professor at the university. And he goes, Robbie, I had to turn the Luke Story one after an hour and 20 minutes. He's like, Jack was just at it again. He's just coming out with these, like, like just crazy like statements like something like one was like luke was like you know when i get back to to la or something like that and then jack was like yeah it's the 5g man it's the 5g i'm telling you and like my professor friend is like right it could be but like he says it as if like that's a fact it's proven you know so like i'm just saying like there's people out there when they hear jack and the way he puts his message out there they get very turned off i don't like because as i said to you like i don't know why people take well Listen, everyone is there for a reason, but people really shouldn't take personal offense to how a message is put out there. You know, they, they shouldn't let that yeah, I agree. deter from the message. But just sorry, before I let you in there, uh, I was laughing to myself because pe- pe- people will probably resonate with you again because you, you, you'll you probably put it out in a nicer way. Now, in fairness, I did say to Jack and, and Jack agreed. I was like, like, and, and, and this is where I'm trying to get people to understand. You got to understand where Jack's coming from. Jack is coming from, with regards to the way he puts his message out there, because like, I said, I asked you, I don't know if you remember this, so I said, Jack, is the reason why you kind of have this fuck you attitude is because you got into medicine thinking like, I'm going to help all these people. Yeah, and he got to think he was a dentist first and he went back to medical school. Then he became a neurosurgeon. So all that training, all that money, all that college debt. And then like for the first, whatever, 10, 12 years of his career, he finds out, fuck, I was actually harming people. So he did have, he has that kind of vendetta, that revenge, like shit, I need to fucking like, you know, fucking like, on, on like on on deem myself almost that's so I, i'm always trying to tell people like you got to understand why he puts his message out there that he's on like a mission do you know what i mean and he's kind of like and like you know as we said jack's already in his 50s or 60s he's probably like listen i only have so many years left to get this done 
So he's like, I just got to fucking tunnel vision and get it done. Like, you know, but I just, yeah, uh, no, it's awesome. And that's the thing. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I agree. I think when people like basically come out and say, um, when people, someone comes out and basically tells that they are uncomfortable by this message or that message, the way it's presented, it just shows a lot more than anything. It just tells about their biases and their, let's say, cognitive dissonance like their discomfort with facing ideas that threaten their paradigms that's really why your friend or this professor reacts the way they do because it it, the cognitive dissonance they're feeling when they hear these ideas that and again maybe that the one about luke's story flying back to los angeles going west and landing in the conductive ionosphere plasma of the 5g of la isn't the reason luke gets horrible jet lag when he flies back in la it it might not be but I mean, it also very well could be if someone understands the effects of non-native electromagnetic radiation on our cells and calcium uh, flux in the in the body, and just the extent to which this unabated massive human experiment ha- is going on, then all of a sudden it, it becomes. If you do understand that, which which I promise you, ninety percent of the listeners probably don't because they haven't read Andrew Marino's book, Going Somewhere: Truth About a Life in Science. He was one of the first researchers on this subject who were not paid by the industry. But if someone really understands that, they understand or they sh- the, the, the more common thought should probably be shit. I'm surprised more bad stuff isn't happening right now, like more crazy, weird occurrences with people and diseases and stuff. But if you follow Jack's Facebook and you see the articles that are posted, you realize actually a lot of crazy shit's happening. All these artists committing suicide left and right suicide rates are skyrocketing. Like people are just having insane amounts of depression, anxiety, heart disease, cancer, autoimmune diseases. It's fucked what's going on right now Mm -hmm. in the world as far as health goes, especially in the U S and the Western developed world and stuff. So really like if, if Jack's message makes you uncomfortable, I mean, I gotta, and I don't even need to bring up Jack's name. If, because really it's just if, if the science of quantum biology and the researchers, um, you know, who've put this work out there, if, if the findings that they've found are not something that you agree with or you, yeah, that then that's fine. But yeah, yeah. most people haven't taken the time to actually go and understand the work. They just hear Jack and maybe don't want to read, which is fine, but it, it's, it should at least make one consider that the reason they believe all the shit they do believe is because they just were taught it in school or they heard it in CNN or NBC or British broadcasting channel or something. And that's why they believe it. And they're obviously not really motivated to go and do the research on the subject that is causing that dissonance because it's more convenient not to. Mm. Again, like there's plenty of stuff that people uh, might bring up to me and say like, Hey, this is uh, some, this is some like theory, blah, 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 about something that's going on in the world. And then I say, okay, cool. I'm just not interested in it. I don't fully believe it, whatever. It's not like if, if that person comes back to me and they say, oh, but you're lazy. You're not even going to do the research on it. Like, well, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you don't have to do the research on a subject if you're not interested in it, right? Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is that if you if someone's going to fully dismiss it, it would be 
wise to consider doing the research. Otherwise, maybe just adopt an agnostic position and say, I don't know. But if, you know, if someone's going to say, no, that's bullshit, before doing your own research and actually digging a little deeper beyond just the one guy who's presenting the messages in a provocative way, you're probably doing yourself and the future family, current family, friends a disservice by, mm-hmm. you know, supporting a paradigm that's yeah, I got you. thoroughly flawed. I think so, uh, with that I'm going to, I'm going to actually just shut my door and turn on my AC. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sound yeah, editor. Go ahead. Cut. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's getting hot. It's so humid up here. Matt, Matt is in Bali, people, so it's warm. He's turned on his AC. Yep, I need to turn on the AC, like, hardcore. 16C. <laughs> Bring it down, you know? Get some of that cold into you. Sounds like you're setting a microwave. Beep. Beep, beep. Yeah, that's what it's... Uh, all right, so, and... Got my little microphone back. All right, so I'm back. So, yeah, that's kind of my take on the situation where I, I actually i i pulled up the, the piece that my friend said it was it was in the interview the one with luke he goes uh where uh when luke goes my b12 is low and jack goes that's la man that's when my, my friend was like what the fuck that was the bit he was like how can you make that statement but listen i get it again like but uh I I, feel, I I think when you were saying there about like um you know doing the research i think the more we can the more we can are you still there yeah, I'm still listening. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you were kind of frozen there. I think the more we can, um, you know, be objective and, and go back to first principles and rely on science, you know, so the more we can peel things back to a scientific level, you know, the better off we'll be like, you know, so when people say, well, that's bullshit or this or that, it's kind of like, all right, well, if, listen, like the, what I've been saying an awful lot over the last few years is it came from Jill, uh, Jim Al-Khalidi. He's like, listen, if you want to understand life or the universe, you need to know biology. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes, but to understand biology, you need to know chemistry. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, because chemistry underpins biology. And he's like, yeah, but to understand chemistry, you need to know physics because physics under, underpins uh, chemistry. And then, like, and then he goes, and to under, understand all that shit, you need to know maths. And, and essentially, actually, underneath physics would be biophysics, too. Like, so that would be in that category as well. But basically, what I'm trying to say uh, Well, is biophysics would be, like, higher. I think biophysics would be above physics. It would be, it would be uh, the combination of physics and chemistry and... Yeah, that that. Yeah, yeah, that biophysics would be a little higher level than physics. So, so you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking biology, chemistry, biophysics, physics, math. Uh, no, biophysics would be below biology. Yeah. I think. I think biology ought to just be completely scrapped. Because oh no! But, really but I, I'm saying as you go down the as you go down that pyramid, it gets more important. Like it's it's like his whole thing. Is oh like, yeah, well, it's more foundational. Yeah, but life is like life is you know. Life is like the most complex. I almost think that the higher up you go, it gets, I'm not necessarily more important, but in a way, I get where you're coming from. Like as you go down the pyramid, it gets you more get more important. foundational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get yeah. to like the foundations of how everything in the universe operates. But life is, is a phenomenon that has effects of physics like light, but it also has the effects of chemistry. So life has to go above. Um, chemistry in my view but it also but the biophysics as you if you said i think should just replace biology essentially because really like the study of life it is biophysics it's it's how it 
an organism works as a part of the systems of the universe. Yeah, so if you yeah. wanted to really talk about biology as a science, biophysics would be a much but more that, that's, scientific. That's what Jim was getting at. Jim, Jim was saying, like, to understand you understand biology. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. But then, because he, he was trying to make the point that it's actually not about biology. Like, he was trying to get to the... So his whole thing, like, he, he was saying, he was like, to understand life, you need to know biology. And everyone's like, yeah, because biology is your life. And he goes, but to understand biology, you need to know chemistry. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I suppose actually you need to know chemistry then, really. And then he's like, yeah, but to understand chemistry, you need to know physics. So he was saying what underpins each one of those levels. And then he's like, then what understands yeah, all and that? Yeah, what is- was below maths? Was anything below maths? No, that was it. But, but then like, so, so the, original, the original hierarchy was, and, and again, the most important is actually at the bottom. Like it's a pyramid that builds up. So his whole thing was like, you know, biology, which is underpinned by chemistry, which is underpinned by physics, which is underpinned by maths. But then like, where, where does biophysics fit into that? Like, is it, is that like, like, you know, is, is that it, it's, I would say it just replaces biology. It replaces biology because it's, it's the actual science under biology, but, like but the bio, whole study of biology. But biophysical underpins chemistry. So how could you have that on top of chemistry on that pyramid? Not necessarily. No, because biophysics is the physics of living organisms and chemistry happens independently of living organisms. You know, like if you look in the air and you see like, or if you look at the ocean and you see hydrogen and oxygen bonded together, that's chemistry. But life doesn't come until that life comes after that. You know what I mean? So we're still higher level. I would just say scrap biology, replace it with phys- biophysics. And that's a, that's a huge improvement because then it's focused on like actual p- science and an understanding of how life actually works. Whereas biology today is mostly focused on like reductionist um, biochemistry. So really what needs to happen is biology which the way it's taught today is biochemistry. So if you like take a biology course, most of what you learn is biochemistry. So it needs to be below, you know, if you break biology up, the real thing we're talking about is that you have biophysics below biochemistry. And that's the change that Jack is really campaigning for in understanding. It's about people understanding that. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, so again, I think we're just, we're, we're not understanding Oh, I see what you're saying. You're talking about within the hierarchy of life. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Good. So you're, cause you're, you're within life. Yeah, like because yeah. bio. You're talking about in the but, whole universe. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Like so again with this pyramid, the top stuff is like the most super least important. Like so, I'm saying biology is less important to understand than what's underneath it, which would be biophysics. Mm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That makes sense. So. And that's what yeah. Jim, that's what Jim Alcalidi was getting at. He was he, that he was he was reverse engineering his point to the to the audience, like because the audience were like, oh yeah, biology is important. But so his thing is like it's actually not like he's like he, Jim Alcalidi. It's like Jack. He's like you need to go when Jack says oh fat proteins carbs, don't don't talk to me about that because we need to go deeper. That's what Jim Alcalidi was getting at as well. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's so, good. So, that's so, really good. So let's get at it. So what is um what is your audience? Your audience are mostly fitness people, correct? As far as you know, they're humans. I don't think there's any dogs listening to this. Okay, good to know. That's a start. <laughs> no, they're uh, they're very um, what's the word? Eclectic? Would that be the word? So they're every everything: uh, co- fitness coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, uh, health and wellness practitioners, doctors, nurses, just general people what looking after health and wellness. Magnificent. So Jack's obviously shared a lot of information in his episode, but what I, what I could do is I could like elaborate a little bit more on your original question, uh, which will probably lead us into some discussion. Cause I really never talked about my past and how I've got to where I am yeah, as far it, as like running it, raw optics it, and building it up. 
Just here, hold on. But, but, so basically, but, but hold on before we go on, because this will annoy me, because I'm a I'm an OCD. So, just with that pyramid, does that make sense? Does that make? It does make sense. Yes, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, because if we're getting... talking about the universe, if we're talking about the hierarchy of sciences and disciplines in the universe, math, I'd say is below physics, and above physics is chemistry. And then above chemistry is anything that deals with life. Yes. But the key thing to note is that biochemistry comes on top of biophysics. So in other words, in life, none of these biochemical reactions that all these fitness coaches talk about with insulin and you know all the hormones and all this stuff, none of those can occur without biophysics, biophysics. providing the energy. Yeah. So, so that's why Jack is, is such a really sharp about people who are focused on food because that's a biochemistry level of understanding. But if, if you understand that life is driven primarily by light, then you hop down to the biophysics level of understanding. But my question, so that's my question where, is, my question is, yeah, where, where does biophysics sit? Like, so let's say if again, biology is underpinned by chemistry, which is underpinned by physics, which is underpinned by maths, where does biophysics fit into that? Would it be, would it be, it's, it's, part, it's a subset of biology. It's a subset of biology that goes below biochemistry. Yeah. So again, it would be biology, chemistry, physics, but then, and then maths. That's, that's the original hierarchy of yes. sciences. but where would biophysics? Yeah. Cause those are just the sciences, but it would be, again, it's only a part, it can only be a part of biology because biophysics doesn't exist outside of living organisms. So it would have to be part of biology, part of the biology piece of the pyramid doesn't mean it's it's i just think jim al-khalili's analogy maybe wasn't the best but i haven't actually seen it mm. but maybe it was great but i mean i get what he's saying in terms of an overall hierarchy but yeah he didn't mention biophysics that's why he just went biology which is understand by chem which is underpinned by chemistry which is underpinned by physics and then which is underpinned by math yeah and that makes sense so so phys i mean biophysics is you could say it's essentially the same as physics but biophysics is is physics occurring within living organisms mm. but that stuff doesn't really occur until you get past the level of chemistry yeah. where life could actually start ha happening but then within life within a living system you have the, its biochemistry and its biophysics i would say 100 percent the biophysics needs to be the more focused on where because light, that's what drives where would, where would light go in where would light fall into all that then like so biophotons so light it, that's that is biophysics yeah. yeah i mean in 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 as far as the universe structure of the universe light would be in the physics category but as far as light in life it would be in the biophysics mm. subsection of biology that's my view that's my take no, that's good it's good it's good good but uh yeah no just say so, yeah, no, you don't sound convinced. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that I, I like. I guess well, I'm weird, like, cause I, I can be very left brain, I can be very right brain. I just kind of, it's kind of like I had the hierarchy and it was nice and sorted. And I'm like, oh, where now? What, how the fuck do I? Order? Yeah, no, I'm shattering the hierarchy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. So, yeah, come here. Anyway, let's let's get into your background too, because like one thing that's fascinating about you is that you were 13 or 14 coming across all this stuff and like. Like, were you reading, like, even trying to read Jack stuff at that, that stage? Or, you yeah, know? I read lots of it, actually, when I was about 14, 15. Um, yeah, so tell, I understood us, a lot of it. Tell us, before you go in there, tell us about that background. And, like, I was, like, always laughing with your interview with Kevin Cottrell, you know, about school and all. And you're like, you know, at school, I had to make a bargain, like, to just get my coursework done. And 
I used to have to break out of school so I could get into the daytime. And then they'd kick us back in and they'd be like, this is just ridiculous. And then you were saying, I was in gym class reading uh, Andrew Marino's book. I was like, none of this shit matters. This is just, I'm out of here. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. Like when I was in, in school, I was just so like f- this. After I learned about this information, I was just looking at the school system around me and the world that I was functioning in, just thinking what a absolute mess this is and what a waste of time and a total deception that this school system is like there's so much more important stuff that's going on out there and it just wasn't even in the conversation so i uh i was you know growing up in philadelphia like well you know slightly uh middle class upper middle class family so you know relatively good circumstances having good public education all this stuff but as i was growing up i had issues with my health like primary ones being uh, gut issues. So I would always eat and get gas and bloating, which was anyone who has that every time you eat, it's really, really miserable. Um, I would have really bad allergies, especially in the spring and fall, which was also just terribly miserable. And then in the uh, in school, I was getting headaches all the freaking time. So I didn't know obviously what was causing that. And I just thought that was all normal. But then when I started getting acne breakouts in, when I was 14, that's when I started thinking like, shit, I should really, I need to fix this. Cause I, I was like, I didn't want to have acne on my face. I mean, that was like the nightmare of a high schooler, you know, it was all like worried about girls and vanity and all this stuff. So that's when I started researching on my own. I had already tried Western medical solutions like prescription drugs and so on when I was uh, in, you know, younger, like I went to allergists and got allergy medications that didn't really do anything. I went to gastroenterologist and got like Tums prescribed or just suggested that I take anti-acid pills to like try to calm down my gut issues, which is like the stupidest thing ever. Uh, Once I learned about how the acid in our stomach is actually critical to like digest proteins. And if I took, if I ever did take those, which I didn't, thankfully, that would have just made it like my protein that I would eat not break down properly. And then I would just have more fermentation going on in my gut, which is like a really bad situation. Um, would have been even worse probably for me a long run. I would have had probably like overgrowth of bacteria even worse than I did because I destroyed the stomach acid. It's the stupidest thing ever. It's insane that they suggested that. Like it's outrageous actually. I can't even, I can hardly believe that I actually experienced that. Like it really feels like it was a a dream in the past that never actually happened because of how just unimaginable it really is yeah but anyhow, but, uh, but but but, uh, but in one in one part look at what you learned from it like it was a growth it was a growth oh, experience you know it just yeah after learning what i've learned it literally can't look back at it as if it actually ever happened it's amazing like i almost wonder am i just making these events up in my head but like you could ask my mom the day she was there and the gastroenterologist they didn't really know like we could get you tested for you know this infection or that and you know you could take this anti-acids and i was just like fuck that I'm not doing that. So yeah, you were saying um, uh, I, I thought, you were saying on a podcast. Yeah. I think it was with most matters. You were like, you had you had they gave you a fucking antacid tablets, and then they were saying you had headaches, and they were like they were saying take aspirin or Advil. Is it just yeah? Like, aspirin yeah. was the third for headaches. They said take aspirin, so it was like a trio every of just day. stupid drugs every day. You like aspirin for headaches every day, like allergy pills for allergies every day, and tums for my gas and bloating every day. And like, can you, I mean, it's just. And you are 14 years old. You don't old. need to dwell on how stupid that is. Yeah, I was. I mean, the, the suggestions from those doctors were as early as like 
9, 10, 11, 12, 13, like those years. Um, that's just like what happened when you went to a doctor in the Western paradigm. It's, it is, I mean, to anyone who the, the stupidity of, of such a circumstance is not apparent. Um, I wish you luck, like God bless you, you know, cause if, if someone, do, if, if that doesn't, if the, the problem in that, in that, that paradigm doesn't strike someone, then you're going to have a really hard time navigating the world. But anyhow, I think at least, but anyhow, so when I had the acne stuff, then I started looking into how to heal my gut. Cause I thought maybe my gut was damaged. And so like greasy foods that I was eating were like clogging my pores somehow, like this grease wasn't being digested and blah, 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 blah. So I, I just kind of got that as like a flash of, of intuition sort of, or something my mom had told me about greasy food causing acne and then thinking, okay, well maybe all this acne is because my gut's damaged. So I started researching like how to heal a damaged gut. That was like my assumption, but I wasn't thinking about solving like my other issues. But then when I found the paleo diet, I started applying it. And then all of a sudden my other issues just got like basically disappeared in like a week or two when I started going paleo. Cause I started reading these blogs and they're like, yeah, our health is actually epigenetic. Like epigenetics are Basically, it's the science of how our environment controls our genes and turns on and off certain genes. And so, basically, I was like, huh, interesting. Epigenetics like, means that I could eat certain foods and have better expression of my genes. And then, you know, if I ate bad foods, I'd have worse expression of my genes. So, I could actually change my biology and that I wasn't like innately impaired and it was actually my diet that was the cause. And that's what I believed when I got in the paleo world. I don't believe that anymore. But um, the epigenetics thing I'm, I do, but not it's not food, which is the main driver, which is what these guys believe. Like Mark Sisson says, you know, your diet is 80% of your health, which is absolute horseshit. Um, and, but like he still says that, like it's uh, the, the truth. So it's like almost at one point, it was like, for me to listen to those guys was like listening to gods. And now my ears practically bleed. It's like painful. I just can't even waste a second on it, which is, I mean, except to keep up to date on how far behind they are, which is kind of cool, I guess. But, um, which is, which, which is going to make, it's going to make this, uh, this potential health seminar in um, London in September. Very interesting. Cause you know, the, very interesting. Th- 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 those very are, interesting. Those are the same background. Yeah, those are the same blokes that called Jack out in 2011 at Paleo Effects or whatever, 2011, 2012. Exactly. So, yeah, when you did your first podcast. So these same guys all this time ago are speaking at the same event with Jack potentially in the future. And it'll just be interesting to see how times have changed. But um, anyhow, you know, I actually was at the Metabolic Health Summit in Los Angeles before coming to Bali in the beginning of February. And I asked Rob Wolf actually the question on the public – floor during a Q&A with 500 people in the room or whatever, what does he think about the research showing that light can in- influence our uh, carbohydrate metabolism and our insulin levels in our blood completely independent of diet and, and environment and everything. I asked him and the rest of the guys on the panel, which were Aubrey Marcus from Onnit, and then Mark Sisson and Dominic D'Agostino. Yeah. And it was pretty interesting that Rob Wolf actually said that he was going to talk about how he thinks circadian biology may be more important for health than food in the end of his presentation, but he wasn't able to get to it because he had a really short speaking time for 
I'm not really sure why. I guess they were trying to squeeze a lot in. But um, that was interesting to hear that he has shifted. So props to him for coming around to this perspective. But, you know, again, I don't fault the guys necessarily because their attempt to buck the, the norm and bring it to a mainstream audience allowed me to have access to these alternative ideas that I never otherwise would have accessed. So to that, I mean, I can't not, I can't thank them enough, you know, for, for doing that. Yeah. So I still respect the guys. Uh, it's not like I think they're a bunch of assholes, you know, who are doing nothing. No, I think they're great uh, in certain ways. And it was them who led me to Dr. Cruz through various, you know, paleo hacks, which is their big paleo diet forum. I just was reading lots of stuff and eventually came across people posting like, have you heard of Jack Cruz's leptin prescription? Because I would always just Google about my health issues uh, and the, in the paleo with the, the word paleo diet or primal diet next to it. And I would find stuff and I would read threads. I would read blog posts. I would try to read everything I could. I was like, I needed answers. And it was all I wanted to do all the time. Like I still, it's like a movie in the back of my head. Like I, I can hardly believe how much time I just spent reading. Cause now that I'm running a business and doing this and that, like I am not really putting much time into reading. Um, although I'd love to keep getting more into that, but I'm focused more on writing at the moment. Anyhow, but man, it's, I'm like, how did I even read that much back then? Like, I guess it was just the only thing I really did. Anyhow, though, um, one of the issues was that I was reading a lot late at night on my laptop with probably no blue light protection. And so when I was getting into this, I was doing the paleo diet, but doing getting tons of blue light exposure still. Um, and so I was still having huge issues with my energy levels, even though my allergies, headaches, and gut issues went away once I cut out like eating just pure deuterium loaded junk, like refined vegetable oils, refined sugar, refined grains, all that stuff. And I pretty much follow that diet to this day. I mean, now that I get so much light, I can have like a bit of refined flour, like, you know, a gluten-free muffin because gluten I learned also is actually the thing that triggers my gas and bloating. But I'm glad I didn't know that way back when, because if I had just cut out all gluten, my, my worst symptoms would have gone away and I might've just settled for that and not tried to address the underlying or even ask about the underlying reason my body is reacting to something that's not actually harmful. Like why my immune system can't distinguish between a fucking, am I allowed to swear? Uh, uh, but this is an Irish podcast. Absolutely. Okay. Just making sure. Good. You're allowed, you're allowed, you're, you're allowed to, you're allowed to swear, fart, fucking burp, anything on this. Everything goes. All right. Perfect. So basically like I would never have asked the question, why is it? And most people wouldn't ask this question, but why is it that my immune system can't distinguish between a toxic bacteria that's going to kill me and essentially, and a harmful gluten protein found in the shell of a grain that isn't going to do anything to me. Like if the body just let me pass it through and shit it out, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't do anything to me. Literally. I mean, the only issue is that it's loaded with deuterium. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the body reacts to it, according to these researchers on deuterium, who Jack's partially a fan of some of them, but and a, a big fan of, of people becoming aware of deuterium and its role in, in mitochondrial function and health. But anyhow, um, we could talk about that in a little bit. Mm. So I cut out all this food and that was enough to actually give me huge results. So I... Now that I've gotten really focused on Jack's perspective and the light, I really often ignore the food because I do believe that the light is the main driver. But if someone wants immediate results, looking back on it, like if I talk to a friend, one of the first things I tell them 
is stop eating refined carbs, refined sugar, and like refined vegetable oils. You just cut those three things out and you'll feel amazing right off. You feel a lot better than probably when you did eating them. However, a lot of people won't be able to, and they'll have a lot of trouble with it. And the reason why is because one, that's the culture we live in today. People eat a lot of this stuff. Um, like my college friends, for example, they probably just wouldn't want to, like, they're not going to avoid chips and soda and all this other stuff. They're going to keep eating it. So, and one of the reasons that also people are addicted to this stuff is because our mitochondria are so dysfunctional, which I'll get into what, what I learned about that later on, but because our engines and our cells are so dysfunctional, we actually require a lot more carbohydrate or, or like we're more addicted, let's say to carbohydrates, or we, we crave carbohydrates more because our cells can't optimally burn fat when we're in a really toxic environment. Um, in fact, an Irish guy I just met at the spa where I was for the last couple hours because I go there and I work at this nice spa with like a view of the rice paddies and like a cold plunge and a sauna and a jacuzzi. It's super sweet. And I just like bring out my phone, computer, and just do some stuff. It's hard, sometimes hard to focus because I'm always getting in good conversations with guys like this Irish dude, but he's living out here. Um, working remotely, but he, he was impressed that I got in the ice bath, which is like 12, 13 Celsius for 20 minutes, which, you know, it's pretty cold. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Actually, I ought to check it out. Uh, 13 C to Fahrenheit. But anyway, yeah, they were really impressed because most people at the spa, they think you just hop in for a minute or two and you get out. They don't realize that you can actually do cold thermogenesis, start burning your own fat. So 55 Fahrenheit, that's not even that cold, 13 Celsius. And then 11 Celsius is like it was earlier. It was, that's about 51.852. So anyway, and I try, I explained to him briefly that basically you can burn your own fat if your mitochondria work well. And the way that your mitochondria work well is by getting lots of sun in the morning and getting good sleep at night. And then he told me he doesn't sleep at all. And so then it became obvious why he freezes his ass off when he gets in the cold plunge because his mitochondria don't work well enough to burn his own fat to stay warm very well. So like I stay in there after five minutes, my engine's cranking and I'm like hot. I feel great. Not hot, but not very cold. Mm-hmm. Like it, we get on the mammalian dive reflex as if I was literally like a, a whale swimming in a cold ass ocean and I'm burning fat and staying warm. Like that's what happens. I mean, when I get out, I'm still cold. So I'm not as good at uncoupling my fat to stay warm as a whale is or a dolphin, but, or even like a wolf that lives in the cold winters or a bear that hibernates through the winter. And that's what they're doing all winter long. But this guy couldn't do it at all, like 30 seconds, and he's like in pain. So he's obviously his mitochondria aren't able to burn fat very well. He's an Irish guy. It's kind of why it's interesting. But um, so I was learning about Jack on these threads in the paleo world, and he was basically saying maybe it, the reason the diets aren't working for you is because your mitochondria are shot but he wasn't really using the word mitochondria that much back at that time. Like he was really being vague. Like I've, I'm kind of proud to say that I was able to see a lot of the evolution. Like when I first started reading his work, yeah. he didn't really talk about sunlight that much either. He wasn't drilling sunlight until 2016 yeah. or 2015, 2016. Like he mentioned it, but it wasn't a main focus. So he like, you know, and you know this too, cause you've been following it. Like he released things step by step. Like deuterium yeah. was in, in the really, conversation. Really yeah, sorry to cut into you, but like no, the way course. the way the way he's put his information out since 2011 has been so logical. And again, it's it's almost like not to go back to like not to harp on about when we were talking about the hierarchy of science and understanding life and universe, but 
there was kind of a similar mindset there to Jack. He kind of start when he put out his information, it was, as you said, more vague. It was more sort of like superficial. Like he would just like, you know, so like with the letter prescription, he's like, just do exactly. that. But he didn't explain the underlying mechanisms, like, you know, the, the deeper understanding of why these mechanisms work. And as the years went on, it got deeper and deeper and deeper to the underlying mechanisms of why these original protocols he put, put out back in 2011, 2012 work. So the way he's put his information out there, I thought it has been very, very logical. I agree. I think it's fucking awesome. So, do you uh, do you and, need to put on your red lights ring there? You kind of if you, if you need. Actually, I actually yeah, because it is. You notice it's getting dark quickly. Um, I actually put my f- computer screen on uh, full like red with iris, and I only have um like this. So I mean, we're not using video, so I'm fine. No. I don't need to turn in. That's fine. Yeah, that's I great. don't use anything. That's good. Um, I don't use lights. Like it was funny. I had a friend come over for a minute to take a quick shower before we went out one night. He just like hopped in real quick, but we walked in. I was like, uh, he was like, turn, like, you know, hit the lights. I was like, I don't know where the light switches are, dude. I got to find them. Cause I, I don't use the lights. Like I use my little red headlamp. I don't need, I don't want to use artificial lights cause I want my cave to get dark when it's night. Yeah. And then I want it to be lit up in the morning. So anyhow, um, yeah, this was interesting to learn about this perspective from Jack. Like, I didn't really, I just came across the leptin prescription and the cold thermogenesis protocol. And I thought that thing about burning your own fat is free heat was so badass. Now, obviously, it was my intuition pulling me towards it because that was what I really needed to heal was to get in the cold baths. And, and to this day, uh, having been sick and unhealthy and having problems, nothing on earth makes me feel as good as being in cold water or the ocean, but especially cold pools. So like I'm torn because like I could swim and I could surf and be in the water and exercise, or I could be at the spa in the cold plunge and the sauna, which is like, I know tough decisions, really tough decisions. Like when this in equatorial sunlight, like it's just rough, you know, having such good choices to pick between, but I make it work. You know, I get, I, I, I pick good, I make good choices and, uh, and it works out. I guess the point is like I learned about these things. I started applying them and then my energy issues as I started really understanding what Jack was saying and really applying it to the max. Yeah. My energy issues started pretty much went away. The remaining issues that I was having on the paleo diet. I mean, I still am not perfect. Like I'll still have like bouts of my allergies coming back, like mm. little nasal congestion, a little itchiness in my eyes actually recently, which I'm not sure why. Maybe it has something to do with being in Bali or maybe it has something to do with the fact that I'm eating a lot of fruit. I haven't been as strict on like my diet. Um, normally I'm maybe more close to ketogenic. Um, at least I try to be, but anyhow, the the point is that it's not perfect, but it makes so much sense. And it makes me feel so good being in the sun that even though I might not feel like I've actually made tremendous improvement, I have made an insane amount of improvement as far as the way my brain functions, the way I look, the way I feel, the way like my physique is, it's actually pretty insane. Like I've really like very strong tan. I was one of the palest kids I ever met. Like I'm looking at myself right now, really strong tan, which that's I'm very fucking, proud of. That's the fucking Irish. Yeah. Fucking Irish coming we're, out. What you mean the tan? Pa- no, no, that we're pale as fuck. Being pale as fuck. Yeah. Well that was, but, but the thing is Irish people can become tan as fuck. True. If you apply Jack's protocols to yeah, the extent yeah. that, that they're possible. Like it's, it was amazing. Like I'm serious. If I was like a kid and you told me that I would be this tan one day, I would not believe you because like it's completely different skin tone. But the reason why is because I'm healthier. Like the the skin is the biggest organ in the body, and my skin is so much healthier now. It's unbelievable, like how much healthier my skin is. It's got so much more like color and like I got tone and fit and buff 
people ask me all the time, do you go to the gym? And I never go to the gym. I only just started surfing, but even before, like regularly, I should say, you know, on a regular routine, even before I was surfing regularly, I had gotten all toned. And my theory is that when you put yourself in the optimal environment and you're giving your body all the stuff it needs, your body naturally builds itself to its sort of optimal structure. And then obviously it responds to the amount of physical exercise you do. So like if you do a little bit of lifting or a little bit of just carrying shit around or walking or biking or anything, the body will adjust really quickly to that. But so I mean, all these guys, cause like this is the world today. It's just, it's so disconnected from my lifestyle. That it's just funny. But the majority of people I meet here on like the street or just dudes I talk with, they all go to the gym like five days a week and they're like pumping iron. First of all, to me, that's miserable. I don't know why anyone would want to go to the gym ever. I mean, like, hey, you know, you go to the gym from, if I'm not mistaken, you're yeah, like, yeah, listen, it's, the- it's just that, uh, listen, uh, there's, there's, why, 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 do, why does anyone have the behaviors and habits that they have? Like a big theme I've often talked about is like this need for people to have certainty in their lives, you know, and a lot, a lot of behaviors we have are, are safety mechanisms. And like anything, this is kind of this conversation of, you know, addictions and habits, you know, is it, what is an addiction? What is it a habit? Is there such thing as healthy addictions versus non-healthy addictions? And listen, if going to the gym and, you know, strength training or doing whatever you need to do is, is adding, it's productive to your life. It makes you feel better. It makes you a better person to be around. Well then, so you know, yeah. then do it, you know, like 100%. every, everyone's priorities and core values are different because of the different life experiences we've had that have led us to be the person that we are in any given moment in time. So yeah, as, as long as you're doing something and it's, it's fulfilling, so like if you meet someone yeah. and they're going to the gym five days a week and they go, I go because I love to go. Whereas you get people who do it and they actually don't like doing it. But That's they, they what still, I'm talking about. Yeah, people they, are miserable about it. And the thing that, yeah. sorry to cut you off, but like no, no, the no, basically the thing that they, that is interesting is like there's a lot of people who go to the gym who still don't get very buff, mm. but also, or they're still carrying a lot of fat. But also like when someone goes to the gym, like a lot of guys I know, and they just, they're really pale still and they're putting on a bunch of muscle but they're just these pale guys with just these huge like arms and biceps like if you ask jack he can give you a better explanation of the science exactly how but they're basically drawing mitochondrial density from their brain to their to their uh muscles skeletal muscle no I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I gotta i gotta stop you there that's when that's when the people when they hear that stuff they go they turn off like if jack was to say that and have nothing to back it up with now he he could he could, uh, he could again explain mechanistically well i mean even i could back it up it's pretty simple like you, your body doesn't have an unlimited supply of let's say yeah energy basically electric current to to do everything with. Cause if it did, for example, we could regenerate limbs like human, uh, like salamanders. salamanders yeah. So this like is what, like you, did you read the body Becker's book? Of course. I yeah. Work. Good. All right. Just checking. Did, so, did, did, didn't fully, didn't fully understand it. The one thing I just walked away, it was like, oh, salamanders can regenerate. We can't. And they usually that the higher, like in his, it was one of the hypotheses was that the, the more complex neurologic an organism is, they seem to lose that peripheral mechanism to, to repair. Well, yeah. And the reason is because we only have a certain amount of this DC current basically to use and humans, because of our ability to, you know, the, the mechanisms we've adopted, like, like losing our skin so that we can spend more time in this or absorb sunlight through our skin or losing our hair, I should say, losing hair so that we can absorb sunlight through our skin, things like being, uh, you know, able to forage for a lot of food, 
allows us to uh, gather more energy from the environment, but we still only have a certain ability to, to basically hold and utilize this uh, DC electric current in our body. And so the reason like salamanders can regenerate whole limbs is because they're very tight and compact. So they have a very high concentration of this DC electric current in their body. And they can use that to regrow literally an entire limb. It's like amazing. Now we've sacrificed that to really distribute that. So salamanders, you can think of them like, like little, like supercharged packets of energy. Like literally you cut off its freaking leg and it's going to grow back. For us, we've really distributed that further, allowing us to sort of take advantage of other niches in the environment um, where we're bigger. So like you said, as we go up the complexity, we lose that. And we don't, we don't need that as a survival mechanism. Our survival mechanism isn't if we get a limb cut off, we regrow it. It's like we just have a bigger functioning brain, brain so yeah. that we can function better. But the point is that we only have a limited amount of that DC electric current. That So, again, anyone who's going to say, oh, I'm turning this shit off is bullshit, uh, you should probably read Becker's book. Again, you don't have to. Do what you want. But suggestion, because then you can understand a little bit of, like, the science behind this. But basically, if you take – you're, if you take, you spend your time and you go to the gym, you pump iron, you're basically building up mitochondrial density in your arms. Mm. And that is essentially, if you don't, the key thing to note is it's if you don't live in a healthy environment and get an adequate amount of sunlight and have a healthy, you know, basically healthy mitochondrial function that's when it's going to be a real detriment. Like if you're surfing in the ocean or doing your exercising outdoors in the sun, then you're basically gaining charge in your, the battery in your body, like this DC electric current. Um, you're gaining that energy so you can use it basically to power the new tissue that you're adding. But if you're doing it under artificial light, you're actually really harming yourself. So now, anyhow. Listen, I, I, I get I, like – this is just me as an individual. Like I can yeah, lis- listen yeah. to that and appreciate what you're saying, but I'm I, I'm telling you, there's people who are gonna listen to this rolling their eyes, saying that Matt Maruka and Jack Cruz lads are full of fucking shit because they want a hardcore, hardcore piece of evidence to prove what you're saying because it sounds like you're saying it with such confidence. So my question would be: Is there a way to maybe put that message out a little, a little more? I know. Is there a different way to put put that message out where it can be accepted more? Like saying, like, like, because what 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 what's happening is you're getting people and they say things, and again they're saying it with such comments like, oh well, we know this, we know that. Whereas like we would not be better saying we think that this is the reason, like you know that if you're yeah, like, no, that, I don't mean to say I shouldn't say that we know this. It's it based on the evidence. That's, there's that's lots what I'm getting at. Of, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, you there's, could, there's, you could say mechanistically we think this is why. Like if if people started, yes, I'm, say I'm not people, saying it's the absolute truth. Yeah, yeah, that's and a good point. I appreciate you for saying that. Yeah, so so that people don't misinterpret my uh, my intention and, and take it the, differently just, than I mean. I'm sorry, I, I'm just I'm sorry, cutting in. I know go for it. It's just because again, it, like I'm having spent so much of my time with people saying like, listen, I I understand, like you know, because there is such great information, potentially great information here, but again, because of people's cognitive biases and whatever else. Like they get so turned off by that. And I would like, like, there's no evidence there. Like, how, how can he say something like that? Whereas, like, 
you know, people say like, we think mechanistically this could be potentially what's going on based off Ling's work, based off Joe Pollock, yeah. based off Jack's work, based off John yeah, and Dr. Wallace, based Doug off Wallace. Becker's work, yeah, based on Doug Wallace, of course. So kind of like that's one thing that I wanted to make sure I did say on this. One thing you said in Kevin Cottrell's podcast that I really, really liked, and like, I was actually shocked that an 18-year-old- Wait, can we just finish that note, by the way? Do you mind if we just touch one more thing on, on the, is this related or is it a yeah, new, this, new subject? This, this, well, no, no, it's not something, okay. and we can go back to our saying but i just want to make sure to say it uh because again it, it kind of goes back to this whole thing as in like because we're, we're we're spending so much time talking about jack right and what a lot of people are going to think is like you know oh, oh everything jack says is great jack must be the guru like even like uh matt even said that like people say he's jack's godchild so of course everything jack says has to be correct because matt is like yeah no that's that's so and i know yeah no, but this is the point i want to make sure that you make now and everyone's gonna say well sure of course like matt's so emotionally attached to jack so everything jack says has to be gospel whereas you said on Kevin Cottrell's podcast, and I was blown away with this. An eighteen-year-old had this maturity. You were like the like because you were saying whenever you present information, and it's it was Jack's. You were, you said I want to separate the man from the protocols and the science, and the, and I kind of paraphrase a little bit, but you were like I want to separate the man from like the the science because you were like right, it is it is a lot of this is Jack's work, but like that's why Jack says don't believe me, go read all the stuff that I studied. And from all these different fields that that I that I connected the dots with, and then you come to your own conclusion because you were trying to tell the people that okay, while this information I did come across from Jack, it's like it's it's not his. Like the, the, it's like a lot of like there's a large majority of it that's actually it is scientific fact. There's some of it that's uh, it it is you know it's it's based off mechanisms. Speculation, of, yeah, speculation, conjecture, like. Um, and it's based off mechanisms we think could potentially be driving some of the factors that we're putting forward. But I really appreciate that you said that, that you're like, listen, and, and I even said on Kevin's podcast, you're like, Jack's not right about everything. Like even Jack would say that. It's just, that I know there's people listening go, well, like he's just so up Jack's ass that like he, you know, he's blinded. Like, whereas I know that it's not the case. Like you would easily come out and say, listen, I don't yeah. believe everything Jack says. And, and I just really appreciate you said that you can s- separate the man from the science. So like, the, yeah, that's have, a great way to put it. Cause Obviously, I'm sharing a lot of stuff that's on like a, and I like to do this, to be honest. I'm sharing a lot of stuff that's on like a, let's say, emotional level or like, yeah, an emotional level. And the reason why is because the people who I'm like really interested in hearing and understanding this information are the ones who are open-minded and open to new ideas. And they might not believe it, but they're at least maybe intrigued. People who just aren't interested and their sole goal will be to just kind of challenge and be negative and and negative minded that's just it's not even of interest for me that these people are interested because you know this is not for everyone um and that's fine but yeah so when we when we start with i believe when we kind of talk about just like what's really true and real like stuff that's real like things that you can feel and and you can connect to i think that's when the most important pieces of the message come across. Like there's a guy, Simon Sinek, who gave a really good TED talk called uh, How Great Leaders Inspire Action and talked about his little theory of how, um, you know, he has a golden circle, he calls it, and he draws it on like a little whiteboard and basically shows that in the middle, there's three circles, one inside the next. And so the littlest circle in the middle is why, the next circle on the outside is how, and then the outermost ring of the circles is what he says that great leaders and great innovators always speak starting from the inside out, but the bad ones speak from the outside in, which means like Dell, 
or one of these companies like this would say, we have great computers and that's the what and how are our computers great? Well, we have uh, really, really good uh, processors and the best advanced technology and software and blah, blah, blah. But they're rarely getting into the why, like why do they do this? Whereas Apple, as the, following the computer analogy, starts with why and they say, I highly recommend everyone watch this TED talk by Simon Sinek called yeah, How Greatly. I've, I've, I've watched it and read his, read his book. Uh, I've read it too. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, so he's got Start Wine and his other book, um, Leaders Eat Last, is a good too. Yeah, but I know, the, I know the, the, the TED talk you're talking about. Yeah, so for the listener, like the, the second part is basically Steve Jobs, someone like that, starts with why instead of with what. They say, we make computers for those who, or, or we, we believe in thinking differently. Forget about computers. We, we want to think differently and we want to innovate. That's why. And all of a sudden you're connected to that because he says that it's scientifically the limbic system in the brain, which is where we make our decisions from. It's kind of our emotional center. That's what the, the, the evidence, like studies on, and people can look this up. This is very thoroughly proven in psychology literature and neuroscience and stuff. I'm not sure if the limbic system is the right system, but it, the idea is the same. If you go look it up, you'll get the right name. Basically, that's what is activated and firing when we're making decisions. And it isn't our decisions aren't necessarily driven by our neocortex, which is our more logical brain. More often than not, they're driven by our emotional brain. So if you explain where you're coming from, that's cool. That's kind of why I do that. But I get where you're coming from. Yes, definitely good to separate the man from the science. And when I'm talking about this stuff, yes, we might throw Jack his name here and there um, for context and so on and just for fun. But um, it's, it's really about the scientific research that's out there. So on that note, like, this is something that, again, might seem like I'm throwing something from way out from far, far from left field. But uh, there's a really good – there's a reason that I – mean, again, correct me if I'm the only one who's ever heard of this. Maybe this is just in my head. But I have seen throughout my childhood and growing up uh, very commonly repeated in pop culture the concept of, like, a meathead. In other words, like someone who just spends nothing, none of their day, but bulking up in the gym, using steroids, and even forget about steroids, just bulking up in the gym, that's all they do, and they're very, very uh, unstable, emotionally driven, and uh, and just not really very, they don't think very well. Mm. Now, again, to correct me if, if you've never heard of this concept before, but I think no, there's no. a reason that that's... Pop, a popular culture thing because it's not it's not like a fairy tale. That's actually something that is a real um, thing that is observed among many people who spend a ton of time. And this is the most extreme of examples, by the way. Yeah, this yeah, isn't every guy who's listening at gym seven days a week. But there's a reason why that exists. It's and and the reason is the same one we're talking about. When someone puts all of their mitochondrial density in their arms, they function more like a gorilla which puts all of the mitochondrial density in its skeletal muscles. And the gorilla no, no, has okay, such a big Matt, brain I'm just going to say... It, it, Speculation. It, so yeah, should you be saying, we think this is... Yes. Yeah. This is my belief under, based on the evidence that I have, I have come across. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is not necessarily proven scientific fact, obviously, but based on the understanding of biophysics, this is a very, very, uh, very probable... Uh, situation or a very probable understanding of the way that things work. And it explains a lot about like, you know, theories are really good if they have explanatory power. Obviously, that's one of the, the trademarks or hallmarks of a really 
strong theory. And this has a lot of explanatory power when you look at like modern sports, Mm -hmm. especially, and you see a lot of athletes who spend all their time bulking up and they're focused on, they look literally like Greek gods. They're healthy and jacked and everything. And they're, they, these aren't the people who live until they're a hundred. These guys often die of just, yeah, they die of various issues in their fifties and sixties and seventies. Yeah. Well, shit's um, on a shit ton of powerlifters and bodybuilders, like a very short and longevity. Like one, one of the, one of the top deadlifters like in the world died there. So he did like a, yeah, he had a heart attack. Like a lot of them do. Yeah. A lot of them have, have Party- why is that so see you just answered the question again i'm not saying this is 100 percent because it's loaded mitochondria. the mitochondria in his heart suck dick because he spends all of his time putting the focus on the mitochondria and the muscle so again if, if someone's like nah this is just bullshit no way blah, blah, then like don't you don't have to listen but for the people who who understand and, and maybe see the trend that's occurring here which means high dopamine then you consider the ideas and think about it. And again, I'm not saying they're hundred percent true. I'm fully open to yeah. half of what I'm saying being proven wrong or all of what I'm saying being proven wrong. But you know, they just gave a Nobel prize for the research on the circadian mechanism. Three in lots, yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty big deal showing that, I mean, again, not even every Nobel prize that was given was, was fully uh, deserved and valid. When's, so I should, when's, the, when's the Wallace getting his one? Yeah. When, that's exactly, I'm wondering about that too. So yeah, this is, this is like, uh, you know, this, that was my story was getting into Jack's work, using it and realizing, holy mackerel. And then this is where it got really interesting. I went on a foreign exchange program to Bosnia mm. when I was uh, 16 because I didn't How, like my time. This is a question I've, this is a question I have for you. Sorry, there's a lag time in our thing. So like, it sounds like, totally. like, I'm, but, uh, but like when you said Bosnia, I was like, Bosnia, like, how did someone from America go to Bosnia? That's amazing. And then the other thing I want to ask too is when you first met Jack, he was doing like did you just like travel somewhere and like just like search him out like and were you like a, did you ever join up as a member on his website because like i mean you're only a teenager like so were you just reading yeah i couldn't afford that to be honest 100 bucks a month that was a but, lot of cash you, back did you did you fly out and go meet him like i mean just to search him i out. did you knew I, he was going to be somewhere and he just chanced it pretty much yes it's, it's a it's a good story i can tell you about it but yeah tell but i will bosnia, but yeah. basically yes yeah. so if i went to bosnia on the foreign exchange program when i was about uh 16 because i was really like depressed when i signed up for it like i signed up for it around the time of my like when i was at the lowest of the low in my health struggles like having been on the paleo diet not really achieved the success i was hoping for um like i I basically saw the light at the end of the tunnel and then like the light disappeared i felt like i was like oh my god this sucks you did did the gap style too didn't you i did i went full on all the way to the most extreme like all i ate was literally cooked cooked meat yeah bone broths and veggies for a while and i was like i actually apparently i should have felt amazing because my gut was supposed to be healing but i felt like shit that t- when i was on that diet so like i s- just saw a podcast with some guy that they did a podcast with jack too by of the author who did that book natasha campbell mcbride from the uk and you know again her work's great because like it cured her son's autism but the thing is it's like it's purely a food focused diet. It was like a really low deuterium diet, but it never addressed. And this is what I didn't make the analogy that I have to make in every podcast. It never addresses the engine. It only addresses the gas. So for her son, it was enough to fix the gas. And then his engines were able to, to function. But for people who are really destroyed here, I'll make the analogy. So our body is like a car. A car has gas that goes into the gas tank and an engine that has to process the gas so that it can be the engine, the, the energy stored in the gas can be utilized to make life, basically. 
and carry out all the functions in our body. Same thing in the body, just like in the car. We have to have food coming in, which is our gas, and it has to go through the engines. And now we have, instead of just one big engine, we have, like, apparently, according to the research, there's about a 1,000 of these engines in every one of our cells, which means about 100 trillion cells, so about 10 quintillion of these engines in the body. It's like yeah, a lot. Yeah. They're called mitochondria. So you might have talked about this with Jack a little bit, but probably not in your 2012 episode. And you guys were more focused on other like higher level concepts, I think. In your yeah, we were interview. yeah 2012. But the re- the recent one was more down to the <laughs> level. Like I I want and I'll let you answer there. And I've heard you made this analogy a lot of the times too. That the, if if your engine yeah, fucked, it doesn't matter what you're but uh, sorry, the recent one with Jack, I, I wanted to understand more about, you know, what's going on with the electron transport chain or as he calls it, electron train transport and like what's actually going on at the, the cytochrome proteins. And like I also asked about like power density, you know, so like the power densities in food at different times of seasons and then the spin and the electron, like the electron spin that goes into the. Yeah, you, know, you said it was the best podcast he ever did. Well, yeah, which, which, I, which was a huge compliment. But like, again, just like, 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 and I'll get you. ask like, a question. Because uh, I let you get back to your car analogy now. Um, oh no! Yeah, I, yeah. well, I, I wanted. That's why I, I there was such a gap as well between our two podcasts. Because like I want to make sure when I get back on, I can ask some logical questions. But again, going back to what we spoke about earlier on, it's just that like Jack was saying things like you know power density and electron spin, and you heard it in that podcast if you remember. I was like, I was like, like are those things facts? Like are they proven, or are you saying like based off? what I know from a mechanistic level, this seems to happen. Like, so I've heard him talk about like, you know, I think like, and I could be wrong on this, but like that, that car, that, that, that light from the carbs goes more through cytochrome one, where it's fast and protein cytochrome two. And I'm like, like, uh, like that sounds great, but like, where is the evidence for that? Like, that's what I want to, and yeah, it could if be. You research, if you do look up into that, I have done my research a bit on the mitochondria. And if you just research, um, fats typically enter the mitochondria at, cytochrome 2 and carbs typically enter the mitochondria at cytochrome 1 that's just a a basic bit of of uh, oxidative phosphorylation and mitochondrial biology yeah that's straightforward so uh, so like uh, just in my mind so are we saying that based off that uh like if you're taking in a high density food from a light from a light standpoint if you're taking in a food that has a high power density from from a light standpoint in winter when it's dark and you're getting all this fucking light energy inside of Chrome Run, and your body's like, hold on, it's dark and cold. What the fuck's going on here? That's why we're thinking like this is causing inflammation. To be honest, I actually couldn't tell you. That's one thing that I'm seeking to understand more about that specific yeah. issue. Um, from my current understanding, the deuterium story helped a lot because it makes sense that like carbohydrate foods, which are way higher in deuterium, should probably not be eaten in the winter when we're supposed to be eating a fully deuterium depleted diet, which is like, you know, what would naturally be there, like fats and meats and fish yeah, um, yeah. and not plants and carbs. Go so back to your, kind of, go back to your car yeah, now. So and we will, we'll touch on, we'll touch on deuterium. Just like, so you know, I have about half an hour and then I got to go, but uh, we, we can listen. We yeah, can do, totally. part, we can do part well two and part three and all that. Yeah. So basically with the car, the thing is, is that functional medicine and, and modern diets, they're not focusing on the fact that we have engines in our cells too that have to process the food that comes in. And it turns out that again, and based on the research that's out there, and this is again, just as are pretty much all scientific claims, just attempting to uh, make an understanding based on the research that's out there. How can I say this best? Our modern disconnected lifestyle is causing our engines not to work very well. And the evidence 
behind this is that the time that our mitochondria are optimally repaired is by melatonin when we're sleeping. Mm. So our melatonin level has to be at a certain amount. And basically melatonin is created by morning sunlight exposure. And this is, anyone can go read, and this is well known based on studies of blood, blood levels of melatonin and so on. Um, or just, uh, I should say, I'm not sure how they measured it. It might've been salivary actually. So not specific on the measurement form, but measurements of melatonin done on people who like were blind versus people. So they couldn't get daylight versus people who got daylight exposure. So this is how we make melatonin. And then it's secreted also studies done objectively showing that once it gets dark two to three, or actually I think it's three to four hours after darkness, like right now, which is what's happening in Bali. Um, you guys are keeping the sun over there and then it'll leave you soon enough too for the day. Um, that's when we start secreting melatonin that we've made during the day. And so if we don't do this, then we're not going to sleep as quick, fall asleep as quickly and easily and sleep as deeply as if we do do this. And the reason this is an issue is because then the mitochondria don't work optimally. In other words, we're accelerating our, our run towards death without stepping backwards towards life, which is what we're supposed to do each day when we sleep. So that's a problem. And also you can talk about the research showing that uh, electromagnetic radiation damages the way our cells function, which is also not like, you know, your Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cell phones and so on. Uh, and that's also, the, there's evidence to, to indicate that that's causing mitochondrial dysfunction as well, yeah, which is also yeah. not good. And so the point is that our modern lifestyles, it's like, so a kid, imagine a modern video gamer kid, like my little brother, he, great example, because I was just like him and he's going through the same stuff now, sure enough, at age 17 than I was when I was about 14. So he plays indoors on video games the majority of the time with his friends. He gets a little bit of sun, a little bit here and there, but he's living majority of the time indoors on video games with his mm -hmm. friends and on his phone at night. Now he started wearing my blue blockers, but he doesn't get enough sun to compensate for all of the damage he's he's inflicted to himself throughout his, his developmental life in the last 17 years. So he's going to a functional medicine doctor because he has some issue with his gut and the functional medicine doctor charged my dad like three grand and Jack makes fun of them for this reason. And again, this is like, I couldn't stop them from making this mistake because they obviously don't fully understand the implications of what I've learned, um, which is fine. But basically I tried to just, you know, warn them, but they, they wouldn't listen. My dad still thinks the reason I got healthier and better was because of this, functional medicine doctor I went to. And it's funny that finally my little brother is going to go and this will probably prove to him that, that it wasn't the functional medicine doctor because basically he's taking a course of antibiotics for some gut imbalance. Then he's going to start a rebuilding protocol with, you know, all this gut bacteria supplements and blah, blah, blah. Jack has explained the science very well on how light influences our gut microbiome. And I'm not going to get aimed to get into that right now, but essentially the point is that the thing that is foundational is the function of our engines for health. And if they work well, we can essentially eat not optimal food and yeah. still function very well because the engines are able to take advantage of what of the gas that's coming in, whether it's regular or premium. But if the engines don't work well, you're fucked. It doesn't matter if you have premium or super premium or hyper premium because your engines are broken. So, and, and that's hard for people to grasp, but if you start getting sunlight exposure, like I have, and you test this out, like I've done hacks where I literally ate a pint of ice cream every day for like, I had an eating disorder when I first got into the diet stuff. Cause I couldn't maintain the, like at a certain point doing the stricter and stricter diets, 
I just couldn't maintain it. I felt like I was starving myself mm. because I couldn't burn fat because my engines weren't working well. This is another example of how the focus on the food is, is poor because it's, all, it's about how the engines are working. But point being, I was eating ice cream back then. It was making me feel like absolute junk. I really was so depressed and it was like my refeed on carbs because that was all my body could really burn. And that was when I was at my lowest of low. I wanted to go on the exchange to Bosnia and blah, blah, blah. It turned out really well. But the point of that is that now I did a hack like a few months ago where I was literally, I mean, partially for personal pleasure, but also because I'm, I'm genuinely curious, where I was literally eating like ice cream, a pint a day for like two, three months starting in the summer. And I felt amazing. Like, I, okay, it might have affected my deuterium level and loaded me up with deuterium. I don't know. But as far as how did I feel, I felt pretty damn good for eating ice cream, which, which previously made me feel like absolute shit. Because you're, you're getting so much sun. I, I believe that, that that's why. But again, that's not necessarily 100% proven fact. Uh, also, just, too, as you mentioned in the, in the Muslim uh, Mentors podcast, uh, Sachin Panda's work with the, with the rodents, you know, and, and the time-restricted feeding. You know, yeah, the, the, well, the, yeah, I mean, so that when you eat, like and you were saying, you know, that like, and this, the, uh, I've actually, I've been doing, um, I'm actually in the middle of a college assignment right now. And it's all about circadian disruption in uh, obesity and diabetes, but I've read a ton of work just about like the whole uh, central and peripheral clock mechanisms and like this whole concept of like the, the, of meal timing and when we eat, like, you know, so when we is just as important as what we eat and like, just like, the whole mechanism more important yeah it's more it seems to be more important now yeah that's that's what the recent research is coming out saying that just like the whole uh, mechanism behind that yeah 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 you, wait, yeah, it is amazing. You're saying you want me to you want me to talk on that? No, no, I'm just I'm just saying it's okay, going yeah. to your it's going to your it's going to your point too that again what you eat isn't isn't nearly as important as the environment you're eating it in. And when you're eating yeah, in terms definitely. of the time and two. Hey, for people who don't know Sachin Panda, just check out his TED Talk in Venice Beach last December. I'll link, really? I'll link, I'll link it up in the show notes. And he's, he's a yeah, book out there, really dude. Like, basically, they had animals yeah. eating shitty food in a, in a restricted window and animals eating, same animals, same environment, eating healthy food with no restricted window. And the ones eating in the healthier window basically had way more health issues. That was essentially the gist of it. And if anyone wants to read the Circadian Code, his book, that's like yeah. the next level. Circadian but anyhow... Code, yeah. So uh, that's the car analogy. If, if you're, if you, for example, had your own car in your driveway and someone took the spark plugs out of your engine because they wanted to ruin your life or something, <laughs> and they have a, a tank full of premium gas and you start it up and it, it just starts blowing black smoke and it doesn't run. It doesn't make any sense to blame the premium gas for the fact that your car's not running. Obviously not. So why are people blaming the food for the, you know, the paleo diet guys are blaming food for the cause of cancer and the cause of heart disease and all this stuff. Dr. Wallace's work has clearly proven that it's mitochondrial dysfunction in these tissues that's happening. And that's the real cause. Now he hasn't talked about why that's happening. That's more of what Jack's speculating on based on the research out there, not partially speculating, partially making really, really substantiated claims. Mm. So it's just interesting for people to learn and the things that you, I mean, again, you probably talk with Jack about this, but the things you got to do, this is why I'm writing the light diet to make it simple and understandable. It's a few simple steps. You wake up in the morning and you watch the sunrise every day so that you get the circadian mechanism functioning properly. Um, I actually am going to start waking up at, at first light as a hack instead of sunrise. So about 30 minutes before sunrise, because I have a feeling that the effect will be much stronger mm. if I wake up and see the change from darkness to light. Anyhow, so I'm going to be doing that. Then 
you live outdoors during the day and try to get more sunlight. If you live in the winter, you got to get a ton during the summer and use things like cold baths, huge amounts of seafood consumption in the winter or large amounts, at least maybe a sauna, maybe things like that. But mostly just lots of sun in the winter. And because we're damaged because of our disconnected sun deficient lifestyle, Jack and I, recommends and I think it's a great idea for people to take vacations to get extra sun in the winter because if we were living like normal humans it would be you know normal humans being humans like 500 years ago or even before like the agriculture and everything then we'd probably be totally fine you know there's no real like accounts of people having chronic diseases where they died of their own body dysfunctioning it just didn't happen even a couple hundred years ago it really wasn't that common diseases like we're facing today anyway so that's step one. Step two of the light diet, drink good quality, clean spring water and eat seafood. That's like one of the keys because that's basically how you, it helps you assimilate sunlight. That's why we put this omega-3 from seafood in our eye. Mm. But as you know, Robbie, people should not take the pills because it, well, maybe Jack didn't talk about this, but there was a study by a guy named Bart K who isn't related to Jack or one of his members, but he's, he's a researcher that Jack likes. And he showed that all of these supplements that are on the market, literally like, the, well, not all of them. He tested a large sampling and found that they all have toxic uh, inflammatory chemicals because of the way they're processed. And also they're not in the right position to be put into our brain and nerves. So when you eat that, it's like eating something. It's like putting an eat, uh, unstable compound in the place of a compound that's supposed to be very stable. And as a result, that's really a bad idea, especially when you're talking about your eyes and your brain. So that's yeah. why we should Taking these, and I even talked to the guy who used to run an omega three supplement company who backed out, and he because he learned about like how where it's coming from, how it's processed in China. It's disgusting, all of it. He knows the whole market and all the companies. He told me I would never touch any of that stuff after what he learned, and he said it'd be, he, he's like all into veganism for whatever reason at this point. But he said I if I were going to eat try to get DHA, I would definitely eat it from the seafood form. So that's coming from a guy who ran a company that a lot of people might even know if they're in the health space. But anyhow. Um, there's that. It's interesting. So step three is just avoiding non-native electromagnetic fields like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. Again, the research is there. People should check it out. Mm -hmm. You could link like Andrew Marino's book. Step four is getting cold and using cold to your benefit because that's one of the fastest ways to heal broken mitochondria, um, like cold baths especially. Uh, step five is basically watch the sunset or just even less less than that. Just put on blue blocking glasses once it gets dark outside and block artificial light at night live in darkness if you can and then sleep a full night it's like the night you need to have darkness and good long sleep and then start fresh and the, the sixth step of my version of the light diet is having some sort of purpose or some sort of faith in your life where you because if you don't have some sort of aim or some sort of thing you're going for like a reason you want to get well and so you can enjoy your life i have a hard time thinking people are going to get well like i wanted to get well to enjoy my life and have fun and live my dreams and blah 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 so um that's that's my motivation and i think people should i think it would be beneficial to be, for for individuals to have some sort of goal or desire that that's motivational Otherwise, one might not heal because there's been lots of placebo studies showing that just your desire to heal can actually work, you know, showing that like the placebo effect is real. Uh, you Maybe you're familiar with that. There's studies showing like they did placebo pills and showed that just because they told someone something worked, it actually had a real physiologic effect. Um, so that's interesting. But anyhow. So just, uh, just, just summarize, just, just at the end of that, summarize your six steps there again. Just bang them out. Six? Yes. 
Bring uh, out your protocols there. Yeah, morning sunlight, seafood and good water, avoiding non-native EMF or just getting into nature, same thing. Getting cold, five, darkness at night or blue blocking glasses if you don't want to live in a cave, and six is having some purpose. Great, great Super stuff. simple, but that's like three years of me trying to still all of Jack's protocols, and I can promise you nothing's missing from that. Uh, if you find something that's missing, then tell me because <laughs> mm. I need to know. But it's so, it's all there. So come here before we before we wrap up. We're definitely going to have to do a part two because I have a list of other questions. Yeah, well, here. You, you had a, you did have a question. I, I was going to chat about Bosnia, but that's that's not super important. All I would say on that is that when I went there, the girls were so much more attractive than any any girls I've ever, <laughs> ever seen in the United States. And to to an extent that it couldn't, I, I imagine that it couldn't have possibly been explained by genetics because. Like there's plenty of girls in the States who have great genetics because their parents are good looking, but very rarely were they so attractive, but it turns out. Careful, careful now, Matt, careful now, Matt. Well, I mean, there's, there's attractive girls in, in the I'm States. Joking, Don't get me wrong. But, but no, seriously, I was so shocked by how attractive these girls were. And, you know, they have really good features physically and everything. And that's an indicator of reproductive health, which based on what I learned about the environment from Dr. Cruz, to be honest, um, these are things that are driven by the environment and not by food, not by our genes. And these girls and, and these girls and guys, they were all the guys were obviously healthier and, you know, stronger and fitter for being in high school compared to the American guys I knew who were generally much scrawnier, paler, skinnier, and so on. You know, these fucking like shoot, fucking shooting up people every two weeks because they're fucked in the head. Yeah, exactly. That's what's going on in America. This doesn't happen in Europe often or at all. Like, uh, but anyhow, they were super healthy and I just, it just made sense because they spent so much of their time walking outdoors. They grow up, they're not using screens and devices as much as Americans. It just was so eye opening. I was like, wow, but you, but you, you, you came back from Bosnia, like and people couldn't, they didn't recognize you. Like, yeah, holy so fuck, you know? Yeah. You were after bulking up, you put on muscle, you you looked better. You, I think you said you got your hair, did you cut your hair and all that? But I grew you my just, hair out. Yeah. Your hair, you just, yeah. You just looked completely, you, you transformed yourself. Like, I did. So you asked me a question though. You said back, I would say you said you talk about Bosnia and there's one other thing you wanted. To uh, well, I'll tell you two things. Were up. I'll just let you know that I'm going to read this out. Cause, uh, uh, these are stuff I want to talk about you in the future. And there's two, two things I'll, we'll touch on. One of them is the question I did ask, but, uh, um, John, John, uh, Taylor Gatto definitely want to talk about him and his book and the school sucks podcast. Uh, just as well, what was that book you mentioned on with the boys, the Muslim, the Muslim mentors? The it was a textbook about like uh, it was like light metabolism in human and yeah, mammal. It's the influence of ocular light perception on metabolism in man and in animal. Yeah, that's okay. Jack's like late book that he's been publishing a ton of, or like re- posting a lot about his Sweet. Vermont talk. He like posted it. Um, actually, he posted it in Vermont 2017 too, but very few people went and read it. But then. After he kept hyping it up, I decided to put it higher up in the reading queue. And uh, it's really good. I mean, it's very sciencey, but it's not super big. And it's just a bunch of studies compiled showing literally all, it's literally a sum, all the summaries of every study done up to that time of the influence of light on the different various systems in the body, primarily by comparing people who were normal vision versus people who had cataracts. Cataracts couldn't pass through their eyes normally but the most amazing thing was that when they removed the cataracts these people's hormones and metabolism all normalized irrespective of their skin even skin exposure of light 
it was unbelievable that's what my so, research has been shown lately like I, i've been reading tons of research on like now a lot of it is with rodent models but like they would knock out genes or they would you know block the expression of a gene and like you know things so like they'd they'd knock out like you know so there's like, like you know, there's, there's clock genes and there's period one period two uh i think there's period three too then there's the bmol gene there's laws but anyway they knock out like certain genes and like you know glucose metabolism would go to absolute shit and these people get diabetic or the rat the rodents say people these rodents get diabetic or something this is just one example i'm using and then they'd like yeah that's re- amazing they'd read they'd read they'd reinsert the gene or or they turn it back on or they would ablate their scm and then they'd insert a new scm and everything would turn back online then it was just like that it was like they were like because the, the the book I was reading was called Circadian Medicine, so it's a lot about like you know circadian um, biology. Yeah, I would love to, to get. I see. I want to read more for this reason, but I'm going to write down the stuff I've learned so far because it's enough information and basic enough with the actual actionable yeah, steps it's, it's to reach people. And then but, move uh, on. Listen, just two two things I want to wrap up with here. Uh, I, uh, yeah, what was your question? Me, I just want to me, know because I'm Meeting Jack was the question. Like, so when when you went, when you just like, oh, yeah. I want to know that story. Me? I want to know that story. And then yeah, yeah. obviously before you go, like tell us about raw optics. But other things I want to talk about, which the next time we talk is like, you know, what's your family's whole thing being with this? So I want to talk about that. Like, you know, you're in Bali. Like, how, what was their understanding? And then like college too, you know, so because I heard you on Kevin Cottrell's podcast, you're like, you know, I went traveling, I felt lonely. Then I was like, well, I go to college, won't I? And then you went and visited a few friends and you're like, fuck that, not going here. But then also yeah, too, like, that, dude, that's exactly how I felt. But I was also, like, oh my God. Also too, just going forward, like, I mean, like, that's another thing I want to ask. But anyway, we will finish with me well, and Jack yeah, and no, optics. Save it. But, but go, save it. Yeah, save it. Minute. But going um, as far I, just, as I, I just want to make sure I say this so I remember that we talk about it. And then going forward to like what 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 are your plans? Like, you know, like do you ever see yourself being Dr. Matt Maruka or like you know, that type of stuff? But anyway, yeah. tell us about So I'll tell you about about well you, now that you brought that up, I mean, all I'll say on that note, just for like a touch, is that my family is cool with what I'm doing. My dad and mom were my mom was always super supportive and kind of would support whatever I felt like primarily. Um, my dad was very much pushing me and interested in me going to college so I could have like credentials and stuff and have a, some structure, which he think he thinks is a great idea, which makes sense. And I understand sort of why, uh, you know, a lot of people go to college. It kind of, it's like more very safe and guaranteed path. But if you decide you, you want to like, you're going to be the boss of your life and be your own boss, then you don't need to go to college. I think at all, unless you really want a credential, but now you're going to be working for someone else. If you're credentialed yeah. like a lawyer, uh, a researcher or anything you're going to be working for some establishment which i wasn't interested in i was but then i lost it for the future i'm interested in like writing this book speaking at these three events in europe this summer um you know putting out starting to put out i'm putting out a course called the light diet course basically in a few weeks that'll basically explain every one of these steps in thorough detail so that'll sort of be like a, a teaser for for a, the book and then i see myself like just starting to get a really good, honestly, social media team so that I can start really sh- just like Jack does, but on a sort of more mainstream scale, start sharing these ideas about health, kind of like Dave Asprey does with his stuff about, you know, Bullet, and that. bulletproof, the, the start of his Actual, like light focused, biophysics focused rather than biochemistry focused. Yeah. Now he's getting into biophysics, I think because of Jack at that first paleo effect. Well, he, he's had um, winch on his podcast. Oh yeah, exactly. He's had lunch and he, he also had like the, the, um, in his book headstrong, he wrote a lot. I didn't even read it yet, but he, I heard he wrote a lot about red light and mitochondria. Yeah. So cool. It's cool stuff, but I want to basically be doing that. Like what Dave Asprey is doing, let's say 
um, you know, selling good products that actually help people, sharing the information more than anything, and uh, actually sharing this side of the story, though, the light side, not yeah. the dark side. Come here, tell so, me this, Matt. Have you, have you been to the farm, Jack's farm? Yeah, I have. I've been four or five times, actually, what's, just what's like, it like through this development. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's honestly, you know, it's, it, it's just a normal piece of land in, in the backwoods across the lake from New Orleans. Like there's this huge lake north of New Orleans, which is why the flooding in Katrina killed 3,000 people because wow. the levee broke and it's below. It's like, yeah, huge, massive lake. But anyway, um, it, they're on the north side of the lake. So it's like a 20-minute drive over this bridge and the farm itself, nice property, like 10 acres. They're gonna have, uh, they have some horses, uh, which weren't there when I first went. But Amazing. basically they have a nice pool. The clinic's a nice building. But... And it's beautiful. I can tell you that, especially when it's sunny, it's nice. That must have cost. That must have cost him a bomb, did it? What's that? Must have cost Jack a bomb. A lot uh, to build the, the the clinic and all the stuff he did. Yeah, it definitely costs a lot to build a clinic with all the lead lined sheetrock, which is insanely expensive. Like if you just buy regular, uh, you know, gypsum sheetrock, um, whatever it's called hard uh, drywall i think is the other term she rock and drywall yeah, yeah. but basically it's not that expensive but like this lead line stuff i gotta sneeze <coughs> okay so there we go um Bless the lead you. line stuff costs like that's costs like five times as much or it's it's even maybe more 10 times as much so it's huge cost for for all that stuff but they did it but the property itself i'm sure it costs a good chunk but but it's not, you know, it's not some land that most people would want to buy. So I bet they got a pretty good deal on it for the, for the positioning because it's so remote, you know, like even though it's only about a, a 30, 45 minute drive to New Orleans, it's like technically in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Uh, but it's awesome because there's all this protected like wildlands in this big lake and the bayou, which is like swampland sort of right near there so there's not a lot of building going to be ever really going on there most wow. likely uh, which is a real or at least in the next you know foreseeable future 20 30 years right. or 10 20 years but so anyway there's that uh as far as meeting jack to to you know be brief yeah, yeah. but to, yeah let's uh, say yeah to, tell, us, tell us about this and then and then wrap up with raw optics and then we'll wrap it up yeah that's good with me too i've got to actually do some stuff and go to sleep but basically i um was on the member email list thankfully when i was uh, a, a bronze member or yeah a bronze member so i was never paying at this point because i didn't have like 50 or 100 bucks a month to fork out for the webinars so i just kind of like didn't read them but or listen to them but i i read all the blogs which was or a huge amount of the blogs which was cool because a lot of the people the members will just listen to the webinars and think they're getting the whole picture yeah, yeah. and not listen to the blog I think are way more important than the webinars, but oh, not necessarily. That's just my perspective because I read the blogs more than the webinars. Now I'm a member, but then I wasn't. And so I got an email though, because I was a free level of membership about this Cancun event. And I don't know why I did, because it's only open for, I think it was only open for gold, silver, and any sort of paying member. But maybe I'm wrong about that. But anyway, I looked at it and like the cost of staying at the resort was like $400 a night. And for me, $400 was like, all the money I had, you know, it was like, so I was like, no way am I going to pay $400 for a night? Like, are you kidding me? Or two nights or whatever. So then I disregarded it, but I told my friend Brian about it, who, while I was in Bosnia, he was a vegan, but then he, he saw my improvements, like in my pictures and stuff and how I looked. And he was like, shit, maybe there's something to this. So he's like, 
intuitive, kind of really smart guy. So he was really clever and he was like, dude, you know, there's this thing called a hostel. I didn't know what a hostel was. Cause like just never there's hostels in Philadelphia, but I just like, didn't know that was a thing. You're too, you're too rich. That's why. Yeah. Let's say it was, well, no, I just never traveled at that point. I never had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's maybe it. But, but so basically, um, I, Brian was like, let's stay at this hostel. And then he, he did the research too and found that the resort that they're staying at is on a public beach. So like the resort's going to be obviously like hard to get onto when we might not be able to, we accept that when we went and we didn't know, but he like looked up pictures and saw that they're going to probably be on the beach anyway. Cause the resort goes right up to the public beach. And the, the conclusion was correct that they spent most of the time on the sand on the beach, going to the ocean. And we were actually able to sneak into the resort a couple of times. And then in the, in the years following the, the second and the third event, which just happened in December, we, I, I got a fake ban from Jack and used that for the entire second event and have like all you can eat, all you can drink for free, uh, which I don't feel great about because it's kind of like theft, even though it's from a big, big corporation. But anyway, it was good while it lasted. And then for, again, the third year, we actually paid to enter. But uh, after we left, we were able to use the bands. Like we would, uh, some, one of the guys had this crazy idea to like pretend we lost our bands and then like get new ones and then keep the old ones. So basically we were able to use these bands for like an extra two weeks to get free food and drinks after we all checked out, which was insane. But the first year, yeah, we literally showed up and I was so anxious. Like I was all, always anxious at that time anyway, because of my dopamine and lack of sun issues and all that stuff. Cause I was back in Philadelphia now after my year abroad and all my issues just came right back when I lived in the winter. So if I live in winter, I just get super depressed and question everything. So I avoid winter at the moment until I'm built up really strong on my redox, then I'll try to maybe face another winter, but I don't see any reason why I would anyway. It's so much nicer to be in the summer, but um, we were outside of the Royal, this like resort and we were just hanging out. And basically we had posted in the group, like that we would be there that night and try to meet with Jack. And it turned out he and Sandy came a little bit early. So we got pre- pretty much lucked out. We were like one of the only like five or six people there early. And so that night, literally, I was like running around trying to get Wi-Fi because, you know, we didn't want to like incur foreign charges. Brian was just chilling. He was like, let's just wait here, dude. Jack said he'd come out. And eventually, like, Jack just strolled right out. And just I was freaking out because, like, he was literally an idol for all this time because after all this struggling, this one dude's, let's say, boldness to share these ideas that, that got him laughed at and criticized was like, yeah, that, that, this is why I admired him. And then I was super nervous because I didn't think I would ever meet him. Uh, or I didn't, really didn't know if I'd ever meet him, you know, because I kind of looked at him like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically then we met and now we're just friends. How, like, how, what was that initial? Did you just walk him and say, uh, I, I love your work or I, hi, I, well, I pretty much like I should have just given him a hug. Cause that's like one of what, what, one of the other guys who's like in his thirties did, but he's like a young spirit, but I was too reserved and too afraid to do that. So I just like shook his hand and said, hi. And I was just kind of shitting myself as we walked down like this tourist pedestrian only street with all these nice bars and restaurants and little Mexican places with music playing and, Again, just only people walking, no cars, 
stars. It was super beautiful. I like. Did you? But did you? Did you like say to him, "Listen, like, I'm like this seven year old kid. I I came out here just to meet you. I'm not a member. I just don't have the money. But like, can I just hang around? Or did you just like well, kind of just like, pretty much like just... he was open to meeting with us because like I think he was astounded by. And in fact, you know what the funny thing about it was like he believed that um, he believed that the, our generation was really screwed. And I think Sandy, his wife, kind of felt the same thing too. Then he met this kid, Devin, who came on their cruise, like their first- From Massachusetts. The before that. Yeah, Devin Shea from Massachusetts, exactly. Really cool dude. And so that gave them a little hope. And then they met us two who were like five years, six years younger than Devin, uh, or like, yeah, four or five, six years younger than Devin, something like that. And basically- he, they were like, holy fuck, like two 17-year-olds like rolled up to this event, seniors in high school, like literally sleeping in a cheap hostel and just came up. So that night we literally just went out and we just walked in. The, the point of this is like, I was so nervous that Brian, my friend, uh, who was le- way less nervous because he didn't see Jack like this big idol. Yeah. He just saw him like whatever because he only followed his work for a little while. It didn't have as much significance to him, I, I guess. Uh, or he just wasn't as nervous. He chatted it up. Like he was just going at it. And I was sitting there like kind of freaking out. Like, what the fuck do I say? Brian's like sabotaging the conversation. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, but I was just so nervous. So I'm glad looking back that he kind of like kept it rolling, asking about, should I be a doctor? This is my idea. Jack said, fuck no. It's, it's really a terrible system where you have to like sell your soul to the, yeah. the state, basically the government that, that or the, the medical boards that run all this stuff and control your hours and control your life. So didn't, so nice Jack's, Jack's son, I think, wanted to be a doctor and he's like, fuck no. And he became an engineer, was it? I think that might be the case. Yeah, I actually did get to meet Connor for Thanksgiving. Like I went to Jack's for Thanksgiving wow. um, this year, which was, it was super badass. I have to be honest. It was one of the best days I've had in a while. And it would just worked out really well because I was in Mexico and then they were leaving because they were there too. And they're like, hey, if you want to come up for Thanksgiving, like, so I literally flew up for a weekend. Like I left Mexico from my Airbnb on like a Thursday wow. or whatever, a two, like a Wednesday with my one little backpack, went to Cancun, got on a plane, flew up, left my suitcase in Mexico, which is kind of a ballsy move. Um, but then I literally like flew right on back and came right back to my Airbnb like 48 hours later. It was the funniest little quick trip ever. Brilliant. But the, the point of that is, is the first night, I finally like mustered up the courage to ask Jack some questions. And the, the biggest questions were like, what the fuck should I do? Like every, basically I just was nervous and anxious. So I talked a bunch and he essentially, and I basically said, I'm so concerned. All these people are getting screwed. Like I read Andrew Marino's book and that book had so much significance to me. It made me so afraid of what's happening in the world because like just reading that book and understanding what the power companies did to hide the research or to kind of cover up the research about the health effects of EMS was really, really really heavy for me when I was like 16. It really just shook me up. I really was not, not cool with it. And it really frustrated me that this was going on. It was like sort of the, the shattering of my thought that our world has some like sort of morals and ideals left in it or like present in the way people operate, you know, it really just shattered that for me. And it was really disappointing. Um, and so that motivated me so much. I wanted to become a lawyer. Like I wanted to fight that fight that Marino gave up and I decided much later that wouldn't be the best use of energy. Uh, Jack even suggested that I should be a lawyer. So I really was into it for a while. But the point is I asked him the question, like, what should I do? And he, he told me basically three things that first time we met. He said, one, don't get, well, I don't know if this was in this order, but he said, don't get married till you're 35 because um, if you do, like your life is over basically. 
And the, he said if his son got married before he was turned 35, he would write him out of his will. He did not, I think, write him out of his will when he just got married at 27 or 28 uh, a few months ago. But um, interesting how that goes. But that was one. The next was focus on yourself. Yeah, put like yourself first. Yeah, you were saying you kind of you kind of had the soup the superhero syndrome. You were trying to save everyone. He was like, he was like, listen, kids, save yourself. Save yourself. I had the superhero syndrome, like Superman syndrome, and that was amazing because it kind of gave me the freedom to like, okay, I'm gonna start focusing on my health, doing more CT rather than just reading, because I was like super super idealistic, thinking that by trying to save everyone else, the world would actually get better. But I realized that the best thing you can ever do is like save yourself and get yourself if your ideas are really that good apply them to the max on yourself and just watch people follow and that's what's happening now it's just coming along day by day um and then the third thing i kind of forget what it was but probably wasn't that important let's see about health the the reason i'll tell you why i I was so fascinated with the story was that i actually had contemplated doing that like just flying out to see if i could meet him like just doing that. Could. As well. I mean, I'm sure he'd love to chat. I'm sure it sounded like he really enjoyed your episode. So yeah. I'm sure if you come out, well, are you gonna? Are you planning on coming to the events in either Poland? Well, I tell you, if uh, if he's in London, I'm 100 percent there. I mean, that's just a, that's just a skip across the the ocean. You know what I mean? And uh, well, I'm just a channel that you guys have between you guys in London. No, no. So there's a there's the Irish Sea between us. So we either have to take a boat or a plane. So like. The, like again i don't give a fuck because uh, like when people say to me where are you from i always joke and say i'm from planet earth because i don't see any of these borders or bollocks we're all fucking humans in the one fucking planet like you know what i mean but uh some irish people get all up in arms when people say when people like say that we're from the uk because ireland and, and great britain are completely separate like they're they're two completely separate countries because because uh, americans all like because i'm used to booking podcasts people are always like oh yeah so where in the uk are you like dublin they're like oh yeah and they keep saying uk uk like and i'm just like just so you know don't say that on on air because irish listeners go fucking bananas that's like saying to canadian what part of america you're from or to someone from new zealand what part of australia you know the way they always get fucking they're knickers yeah, in a no, twist gosh, of course but anyway. yeah there's the whole northern ireland issue yeah the whole brexit thing at the moment did the russians do were they involved so everything knows the russians ah the russians um come here matt though you gotta go to bed i gotta go but finally just um we'll definitely listen i'll connect with you after this and get you back on for fucking another part because there's loads of uh, shit yeah let's be in touch about. But uh, what about just raw optics? Just let people know where they can get in contact with you. Yeah, 100%. I appreciate that. So, yeah, on, people want really good-looking blue-blocking glasses. We're launching a new website at raw optics, R-A, like the sun god, raw optics.com. Yeah, R-A, not, not, not raws and raw food, raws and the sun god. Yeah, not R-A-W, no W, listener. They're my, very, my, they're my very first ones. I don't think they're any use, though. But remember, remember these bad boys, everyone got these ones the first time. Oh yeah, no, those are great. They do they do the job. And if they only cost like if you just want to have the ugly ones and spend fifteen bucks or fifteen quid or whatever your euros. Do you guys use euros in Ireland? Yeah, Euro, yeah. Yeah, so Euros, like it's it's a good move actually to get those. But if you want something more stylish that you're actually gonna you know, like wear and wear out and people compliment you on them all the time, they compliment me like if I'm at a party. I mean maybe yeah, whatever. Um, right, come here, how come know. how come Luke's story went with blue blocks and didn't go raw optics? The bollocks. Oh, with his with his uh, episode. That's just the one with Jack. Well, to be honest, um, Blue Blocks paid him for ads, which is smart on their part. Yeah. I should have thought to do that. I just really wasn't thinking about it. And I think they just went went straight to his like assistant, paid for the ads, 
Luke's cool with it because you know he he needs to make money as a podcaster who who they really don't make much money from what they do. Were so you were you there? Were you in the room with that podcast? I actually was in the room during the podcast. You you were so in the room, yeah, because I think he's I was that. I was asleep on the bed. Yeah, I was asleep yeah, yeah, on the yeah. bed. I actually <laughs> fell asleep live at the podcast. It was funny, but uh, anyhow, so yeah, that was uh, quite funny that they blocks. But I'm maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll end up advertising on his show. Cool. Uh, separately but yeah it's a good question anyhow um yeah i mean he wears raw optics just just to, for everyone to be very clear luke story wears raw optics blue blockers which you know, yeah yeah <laughs> anyway um people can find us on raw at the moment raw upcoming site in the show on instagram book. at raw underscore optics and then people can find me like what i'm sharing like more general information about these protocols and health and events and stuff will be in the course and the book, the uh, yeah, those the courts will be free as well for those who are interested in learning more. That's at the light diet on Instagram. That's the yeah. light diet. I'll like listen, Matt, I'll, I'll link up all that in the show notes. So don't you worry, like everything the website, the, the course, and all that type of stuff. Listen, but that was savage. We've been online now, what two over two hours we've been recording. Not yeah, almost. I think it's good. I'm glad we got to have the chat and. and throw some ideas around this is one, one of the most casual podcasts i've done but i really appreciate it because oh, like well, well i i want I to I, I like listen we're fucking i know it's the first time we've ever talked but like and this will sound you know whatever like it may, it may sound a bit odd but i knew that we'd connect like because i've listened to, oh, you, uh, to you so like you know just we're, we're both in a very similar space so i knew we'd resonate and listen Hundred percent, gonna stay in touch. I, I, I definitely want to get you back on. But hold on, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll wrap up so I can wait the offline here. So for all the listeners here, spoiled people, as I've been saying for all my last podcasts, all these great, great guests, great information. But for now, take care, be well, and stay strong. Mm-hmm.